Jam-packed in the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here. It is episode 249, Monday, November the 29th, 2021. We're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Murata, joined by Mr. Sunshine, Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy, did he 249! You did it! There, it's, it's there, it's done. We weren't sure if he would do it. Well, you know. You did it. You got to keep the tradition going, folks. This many episodes in. That's right. And we hope you uh, had a good Thanksgiving, wherever you might be. If American Thanksgiving, we know you Canadians out there celebrated it a while ago, back in October. Isn't it like Boxing Day or something? (laughs) That's later. Oh, whatever. It's in December. So confusing. (laughs) Anyway. How they do everything. Whether you celebrate boxing or turkey, uh, we are thankful that you're back with us here on Monday. Maybe going back to work, whatever the case may be. We're going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. We have some great topics in store for you. We think, we hope. But before we get to any of that, we want to remind you, you can follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. That's for daily gifts of the retro wrestling variety, drama free. Just follow us if you have a Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us if you want to at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, if people want to talk turkey with you and me and th- over a thousand other retro wrestling fanatics, where might that be? Over at Facebook.com slash turkey. Yes. It's a great site. Gobble, um, gobble. We only talk about turkeys usually. Peanut butter pie. There's separate threads on different types of turkeys, brands, that kind of thing. Butterball. But yeah, that's really all that's it. No, it's about <laughs> old wrestling. Um, oh. And you know how you get there. There's a search bar. You type in the search bar. Our Vantage Point. Dash Retro Wrestling Podcast. Big Bang Boom. Tube Score. Kafui. Hit the join group and you're in. That's it. That's all it takes. And all you're agreeing to is one rule to join our Facebook group. One rule only, which is don't be what? Don't be a dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And all we mean by that, folks, is we know that you have a lot of passionate opinions about retro wrestling. And who wouldn't? It's fun. It's a good time. It's okay. It's very good. (laughs) And people like to argue about it. And even that is okay. And debate and have discussion and discourse and things. The only thing we ask you is if you're going to disagree, if you're going to talk about this old wrestling, don't be a jerk. Just be nice to each other. We're the nicest um, group on the internet. We do our best. That's what we try, at least. We try to be. Uh, And all that means is no personal attacks. Don't insult people for believing that Shawn Michaels is better than Bret Hart, as hard as it might be to believe. Man, that is a really hard thing to not do, is to (laughs) insult people about wrestling. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know how you resist, but you know what? Just do it. Yeah, if you can keep it under control, join the group. It really is a fun time, and uh, we would love to have you there. That's over on Facebook. And if you want more OVP, we do have more of that for you. That's on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. This is for people that like what we do and want more of it and want to support us along the way. You're going to get two extra shows. You've got the 1984 canon, which right now we're in May of 1984. The Cindy Lauper era is creeping and creeping in upon us, Quinn. Close to the midway, huh? Yep. Rock and wrestling. It's it's nutty. It's <laughs> very nutty over. It's wacky, Quinn. Yeah, it's, there's, it's whack. <laughs> it's go- Bonzo Gonzo. Yeah. So you can get that on Patreon, the 1984 canon, every week. You can also get the pay-per-view reviews. The latest one right now is WrestleMania 10. 
that go all the way back to the first WrestleMania and coming out this weekend, everybody. We're finally going to find out how much everyone weighs. Finally, answers will be had. At King of the Ring 1994. So again, <laughs> so again, that's if you want to support us, we'd be happy to have you there. Give it a shot. Maybe sign up on December 1st if you want to. Get a new month. Get a full month. Fresh. 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 I started with the freshest beef I could find. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And now, Michael, we are winding down the season. It is episode 249. You don't have to say it. Do you want to? Mm, no. No. Okay. It's episode 249, and our opening segment all season long has been talking about people, Yeah, and in one case, a title belt, that was very over, very successful, very well acclaimed, did a good job in other territories, whether it's Jim Crockett Promotions or George or just WCW in general, maybe in the South somewhere. But for whatever reason, when it came to the WWF, it was not good. It was not successful. Maybe bad. Maybe bad Yeah, is a good way to put it. It was bad. Bad. And we are doing a segment called Anywhere But New York. I'm in a New York state of mind. Well, that's sad. Yeah. It's not good. Oh, well. Oh, well. Anyway, folks, we've been taking your suggestions all season long on this one, and we appreciate all of them. People really want to hear about this one, huh? People wanted to hear about this one. So thanks again to Andrew LaSalle. I was hoping he was up there. The, the LaSalle ran great. <laughs> Jeffrey from Massachusetts, who doesn't have Twitter. That's how he signs all of his emails to us. That's good. He's like the Je- Jeffrey Nikoff on it. That's him. Beaven Boychuk. What? Yep. Okay. And AJ Freeman, another regular. Okay. They all wanted us to talk about Sting. This is Now, Sting, obviously, was the bass player and English musician for the band The Poli... Oh. No. Not this show? No. So, no. Sting, obviously, was a very popular wrestler in WCW, mainly. One of the franchise players, would you call him, Quinn, Mm -hmm. of WCW? Without question. One of the faces of WCW, in a good way. This isn't like WCW is bad kind of thing. no. No, it's like... He was one of the guys that, you know, was just always in the main event scene. Kind of like a Shawn Michaels in the sense that he never jumped to the other promotion, right? He was always there, whether he was a main eventer or not. He was always there. Again, we we don't do full career retrospectives on these, but just the brief background on Sting is he came up in the mid-80s and his partner, incidentally, was Jim Helweg. Right. The ultimate warrior. The ultimate warrior. Right now, we would like to welcome in couple of brand new faces to championship wrestling. A couple of guys you're going to get to know and know well, too. We're talking about the Freedom Fighters, Jim Helwig. Jim, glad to have you here, and Steve Borden. Steve? There were faces at first. This is down in Memphis. And then they quickly turned heel. Then they went over to Mid-South with a bit more success as the Blade Runners. Hot Stuff International now presents to you, Rock and Sting, the Blade Runners! Then Sting went from Bill Watts Mid-South to Jim Crockett Promotions, which incidentally bought out the UWF in 1987. So Sting debuts in Crockett in July, I want to say, the summer of 87. It was actually October. Shit happens, including you. You are shit. And Dusty Rhodes, who was booking at the time, knew that this guy had the star potential. I like him, baby. God. He's good. (laughs) That's what he said. That's exactly what he said. In the ring, Sting is here with Gladiator 1. Sting became 
a made man, so to speak, really made an impact, really made his mark at the first clash of the champions, taking on Ric Flair, March of 1988. And from that point forward, from 88 until the end of WCW. Yeah, we're talking literally the last match. Yes. (laughs) In 2001, Sting was reliable. Sting was a multi-time champion of all different belts, including the world title, U.S. champion. You could give him any gimmick. You could pretty much give him anything to work with. Right. He worked with Vader in in some acclaimed matches. He worked with Cactus Jack. He worked, obviously, with Ric Flair. He worked with Rick Rude. Hulk Hogan. He worked with Hulk Hogan. Lex Luger. They were frenemies, you know. Yeah. I hate that word. Why did I say that? But that's what they were, basically. They were, right? And then also, obviously, he reinvented himself, so to speak, in 1996 and debuted the Crow gimmick and suddenly became the hottest act in WCW again. Maybe wrestling. I mean, that was a big, yeah. you know, people tend to, you know, the WWF likes to rewrite history all no. the time. It's like, WCW was bad. They never had a good idea. <laughs> Vince and, McMahon was a genius. Titano was an asshole. But to be fair, I mean, Starcade aside and all that nonsense. Oh, because it's terrible, you mean? I'm just I'm just trying to, <laughs> to separate this from the discussion here. Yes, okay. But people were really, really into this whole crow sting thing. They were. Like it was like a big deal. I think part of the reason, Quinn, is he did very little, but he did it at the right time. Right. Meaning he would sometimes just sit in the rafters and wouldn't really do anything for some of these shows. It gave you this sense that this guy's a badass. This guy could right. like beat up the whole NWL if he wants to, but he's just not because he's mad at WCW for like screwing him over or whatever. For not trusting him. Right, yeah. And that is built in a real life because he had been there the whole it's time. It's kind of like this power that that's not being used, right. right? And people are just like, but we wouldn't have to deal with the NWL anymore if Sting would just come down off the thing and beat them all Fucking up. and help us. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, it's Sting. Okay. It's, it's Sting. And there's a wet spot for Eric Bischoff's city. The ghost thing is out here. What's also good about that character, before we move on here, is that it was such a stark contrast to his previous persona that he'd had since the late 80s, which was this kind of hyper surfer man, kid-friendly, the rat tail, the duck tail, the face paint, yeah, but colorful I mean, tights. He also was, yeah, you're right, it's absolutely different. Chest, you um, know? But that, all that being said, even if he did seem a little goofy, that's another thing I think people don't, remember is like it didn't it didn't matter like as far as what he was perceived as as a wrestler right like people Top were level. Like, they were like oh he's just he's excited and yep. he, he's a wild man you gotta watch out in there sting's gonna just he beats everyone he never loses yeah he had a very good run in wcw in both incarnations although i mean the booking and the starcade notwithstanding but he was very popular almost always right and then he goes on to tna sting hurt angle i never liked this yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I was watching a lot of TNA so, to really know much, but it was so, like 03 to 14. He was there forever on and off. Yeah, but he didn't really like in earnest come to TNA until much later. Like actually like That's always correct. there. That was more around like 05. Yeah, yeah. And he was a champion yeah, for and a while. This felt like one of those things where WWE was fucking with him. We knew for years they they weren't going to pay him or like there there was all these like rumors like why the fuck are they not getting Sting right like and I've always I always thought it was like money related or something he kind of was using TNA as like a negotiating tactic right he's like I well I'll just go, you know what my value's going down if I don't go over there and do shit right I don't know what it was yeah. honestly I just know that he didn't sign with the WWF exactly. after WCW exactly closed. but he did come to the WWF finally in earnest in 2014 
And little by little, they were starting to work him into some of their promotion. He was featured in the Ultimate Warrior documentary in 14 after the Warrior passed away. And that was like Sting's first real appearance. So like, okay, we, we acknowledge that Sting is good. Right. We're not going to have the guy on TV say, Sting is bad. And yeah. <laughs> Ted Turner made it, so it's bad. Like, it, Basically, that was like when they stopped. Oh, it's real. Yeah. He appeared as Sting at in the WWF section of the uh, San Diego Comic-Con in 14. Was These that, were all positive signs at the time. Oh, yeah. They were like, oh, great. Tie-in. They're going to like use Sting. They own right. all this footage with him. Why don't they use him? Yep. And finally, he appears at the end of Survivor Series 2014 and attacked Triple H. Now, that's fine because during 2014, Triple H is an aggravating on-screen he figure. sucks ass. The authority, remember yeah. all that shit? Yeah. And with the with Seth Rollins, I'm their chosen one. It's mm-hmm. just all shitty and people started to not watch right. around. The, like, really, it started to decline, right? But anyway, this all finally works into finally he's going to have a real WrestleMania match. Thank goodness, right? Yep. And you're thinking, oh, it's going to be The Undertaker, right? No. Because <laughs> for whatever reason, they're the same character, even though they're not at all. It was more just that both had been in each company Franchise really players, long. Yes. Yeah, that, that's it wasn't, it wasn't the character. It was People the, used to say that. No, they're... Yes, I, I don't they think, did. I don't think of them as the same character. Maybe the Crow didn't. is similar, but somewhat. But, the Crow's just emo. Undertaker's dead. It's right. not the same the thing. The point is, is that they both were recognized as like, WWF's long-term character yeah. is Undertaker. WCW's long-term character is Sting. They're kind of like the the faces in a weird way, the mascots of the their... franchise players. Right. So it's like, why don't they fight? That would right. be really good. This always really upset me, by the way. Do like, that. what? Like, how... Why is Triple H? Why? Why is it always Triple H? He's not the franchise of WWF. I'm sorry. Like, people need... It's actually not even people. It's WWF. Nobody (laughs) believes that Triple H is a big deal. He's a guy that, like, thank goodness Mick Foley, in the goodness of his heart, like, decided to put him over, right? (laughs) Multiple times, too. Yeah, (laughs) like... He was nothing. <laughs> okay. And Sting's got to fight him? Well, Sting's going to fight him at WrestleMania 31, of course, in Santa Clara, California. Yeah. This is the match where, famously or infamously, it just depends on your perspective, the NWO and DX are there, but they're all old and horrible looking, and Sting is horrible looking. There's multiple problems with this. Like, for example, this right? This is supposed to be good, but I hated it. Isn't Sting's mortal enemies the NWO? It, but it because they're WCW, yeah, like, they're with anymore. him now? But they're not WCW. They're, you know what I mean? They're WWF guys, really. It, none of yeah, this oh, is Yeah, that's good. the other thing. All of them are WWF people. Like, what? Hall, Nash, and Hogan? Yes. The point of this was to parade around both factions like some fucking reunion picnic in Clinton, New York or some shit. It's Everyone all out of shape trying to play softball yeah. is what it looked like. It was even like Shawn Michaels <laughs> yes, involved. It's yeah, it's not good. Like, I, I don't like it. Okay, if you like it, literally, more power you're, to you. you're right. It, I, it was, I hate it. It was presented like a reunion thing. Yeah, and not, everyone's and, all happy at the yeah, end. Yeah. But it's what I hate about wrestling, you know, in that period of time. It's like, look at the people. We have the people. And so. here, here's the worst part of it all. Sting loses. <laughs> like, like, like that. Triple H calling to the cover. Grab it, Sting grab it. Wait a minute. Shoulders down and the game prevails. You laugh. I but do. Th- but just think, just think how stupid that is. Like from like a establishing it's, it's to your, your fans who Sting is and 
you know, they know who he is. But especially if you like believe that Triple H is such a big deal, right? No one so if Sting, that. so if Sting pins him, it's like, oh, see, we we showed everyone that Sting is is also such a big deal, right? Like, and I know they're all old, but still, it's like, would it have hurt anybody for Sting to just pin fucking Triple Triple H? Like, I could understand if maybe they didn't want to have him, like, I don't know, Hogan or something like that. Sure. But, like, Triple H? He stinks. Nobody likes Triple H. He's is, the worst. It is a quizzical choice, isn't it, that, like, he, that he won? Yeah. It really is. And it's I'm, like, no matter what, you, how funny you think it is, or what, it's weird. It, no, I It I doesn't make any sense at all. Listen, I, I've been fair, Quinn, yeah. with this. It's, I laugh because of the absurdity of it. Yeah. It doesn't affect me. No, all, either way, who same wins. same you way. Know what I'm it's, saying? Just, it's just to me, it actually it's not even about Sting as much as it's just another. It's about Vince Quinn. No, it's another tick in the. Why the fuck do they feel the need to rewrite history with Triple H? Like yeah, that, the dude that had like two good years that were where he really mattered. It's really like to me that's just another thing on you the list it. of like you hate it. Why do they have to keep doing this? Like in 2014, is it really necessary 15. to whatever? Is it really necessary to keep padding Triple H's <laughs> like like list of people he beat? You're right. Like, is it really necessary? No, I, I think it would have been fine if Sting won. I don't think it would have mattered. So because it doesn't matter, just have Sting win. Right. I exactly. Agree with it doesn't you. matter who wins, but. Because Honestly, it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter, just have Sting win. I agree. Right? I like, totally agree. Like, who cares, right? Yeah, no, I agree with you. And then obviously uh, a little bit later in the year, I believe it was around September or so, he uh, was facing Seth Rollins' accidental you know, injury. And Sting actually stopped wrestling until you know recently huh, in AEW. But that would be it for Sting in the WWE. Which, by the way, I like him in AEW because they don't make him wrestle a lot. Right. He's like sometimes wrestling. But right. like it's very part-time and he's very on the side. Good. And I'm like, he's this, 62. This, he should be. This is perfect. This is like what you do, right? Yes. It's like, that's like how you handle like old Sting. He's, he's just kind of like, he doesn't look, the great thing about being 62 and having makeup on your face is that I can't tell that the dude is 62. I'm it's not like, even kidding. It's like Gene Simmons, you know? Yeah, and he wears like a trench coat all the time, so I, I really couldn't tell you that he was 62. CNBC. Yeah. Very smart. Joining us now for more on the company, on streaming, on the state of the music industry is Kiss lead singer and bass guitarist Gene Simmons. Sting in the WWF was very brief, and it was in the well past his prime, right? Right. I think, Quinn, and, and correct me if I'm wrong or give me your thoughts, that if there were ever times where the WWF should have gotten them earlier. It's only two, and I'm going to tell you what I think they are, okay? Okay. 93, 94, 95. Whenever. I don't think that would have ever happened. Well, listen, I'm yeah. not saying it would have happened, but where they could have really used him is around the time where Hogan was headed over to WCW and where they could have used the star power. Right. And I think it would have worked as far as, like, he was still young. He was like 35, you know? Would have worked in the new generation, kid-friendly. Or 2001... Right when WCW ended, and if they had been able to get him, I don't think he wanted to. Is what it was. It's not that they didn't want him. He there was didn't some want kind to of go break there. thing yeah. involved, also. But then by the time he was ready to sign, they, yeah, I always heard they were weird. lowballing him or something. It's something like, like that. It, like it was something shitty. I think it would have been great if he Honestly, was there for the invasion. No, I think he would have been better actually. He was there for WrestleMania X Eight. The when Hogan, Hogan it went all like they sure. started to being able to get all the big names, and he comes in to fucking fight off the NWO. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he assists The Rock and Stone Cold, like because he's like, I don't like them, right? Like you know what I mean? They yeah. suck ass, right? Right? 
yeah, there's possibilities there, but it's not like I think there's too many other points in his career where he should have been there because he was a WCW guy. WWF had their guys and he might've gotten lost in the shuffle during a good chunk of that run. You know what I'm saying? The thing is, is if he came in the early 2000s, that would have been good. He would have had time to then kind of become a a WWF guy, kind of like how Rey Mysterio, like, right? Like he was, that's a fair point. You know, before 2000, three or whenever 2002. like he was always like a, oh that's a wcw legend ray mysterio like he was so good in wcw he's like somebody that's always remembered for but nowadays like nobody remembers that or more people remember the wwf stuff right because he's he been it, there so long he and longer, he, he's yeah. just he's a ray is a wwf guy now like do you Weird. ever do you really ever think of him as a wcw person anymore you know what i i do because huh. the era where he was mainly in the wwf is when i started to lose interest in the company it's not his fault but as far as sting is concerned you're right if he had come in around that 0102 era yeah he could have had even five good years let's say even five good years and he would have been remembered as also wwf, also per, yeah. WWF person like, kind of like a booker t yeah was both yeah booker you know? t's another both guy kurt angle is also known as a tna guy because he had a long run there mm-hmm. so i get what you're saying but overall, I don't think that they missed too much of the boat with Sting in terms of like the late 80s. They had the Warrior. They had Savage. You know, they didn't need a Sting. If they ever needed them, it would have been the time you said, or I think honestly the mid 90s when they needed people. Right. When they needed people, <laughs> you of know, course. He would have slid right in and I think it would have been good. Eh, they would have tried to Lex Luger and wouldn't they have? Like, <laughs> it's possible. Like, that's the only other problem. It's possible. So thank you guys for that suggestion. That was a really good one, and we were happy to do that one here. Let us know what you think about Sting. A, why did he lose to Triple H? It's uh, so stupid. <laughs> that's just a fun like, even topic. Just, just, even if you, I don't care who you like better or whatever, that is just dumb. <laughs> it's a weird that decision. That is just stupid. It <laughs> is. Uh, not only that, let us know, do you think he should have ever gone to the WWF earlier than he did? And if so, when and what would he have done? Let us know that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, people will wait for this. We are finalizing the Royal Rankings. That's it. Two more coming out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. It is the Royal Rankings finale of WWF pay-per-views. And that is coming up right after this. NWO DX, I mean Shawn Michaels super kicks me. This was was nostalgia. No, sledgehammer break with my bat. He thinks of things like that. I mean, you guys are gonna think about stuff like this. I don't think you're just you're gonna dwell on this. You know, the only thing you're gonna remember about the match is ah, he lost. Or he should have won, you know? I think there's so much more to remember about the night. It was my very first WrestleMania. I mean, if you think about it, after all, all the years of wrestling, for me, to, the very first thing I did as far as a wrestling match was that Mania. WrestleMania, you can't get bigger than this. And it was against Triple H. I mean, it was not a big name here. We all say how busy we are. There aren't enough hours in a day. We just need a break from the constant madness that plagues our lives. 
I've got great news for you. This is Microbreak, a podcast for humans with the attention span of a goldfish, where I share my thoughts, wisdom, and humor on a wide range of topics, including the 80s, 90s, current affairs, and more. Do you deserve a break today? Of course you do. Take a micro break from the madness with me. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here Monday, November the 29th, 2021, for episode 249. 249! Thank you, There it is. There it is. Number two, the second one. Number two. We got one more coming. That's right. And folks, if you want more coming, you can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast and get the extras that we offer. It's two additional shows that have nothing to do with this show. Not at all. You get the 1984 Canon. That's $2 a month. Every single Friday at midnight, you're going to get another episode of us watching WWF Championship Wrestling in order. We've done all of 82. We've done all of 83. We're halfway through 84. Things are really changing, Quinn. They're rocking and rolling. That's right. No pun intended. And we just want to have fun doing mm-hmm. this. So time after time, you can get the 1984 Canon. And really, it's a, it's because it's available in video or audio only mm-hmm. form, there's something for everyone because you guys that want to watch a one-hour YouTube video, you can do that. You can see the action along with us. Or if you're more of a podcast connoisseur, you can listen to the audio version and hear the 1984 audio in the background. You got options. Yep, you do have options. And the best part is it's two bucks a month, you know? And yeah. then if you want to upgrade... Highest tier, it's not $50. No, it's five. It's 50, but take the zero off the end, <laughs> that's, that's, and then it's only five. You that's, see, that's how we did it. That's exactly how we came up with it. Right. Schematics and stuff yeah. like that. It was difficult, but we, we We constructed that price. Yeah, we pulled it off. Yeah. And for $5, you're going to get the 1984 Canon, but you're also going to get the monthly pay-per-view reviews. This is, in a way, the main event of the Patreon. It is what people look forward to every month. There's people that wish we could do more of them, and we can't, or else we would. It's uh, very, very involved. <laughs> yes. And you can get involved with that. It's every pay-per-view from the first WrestleMania out right now, WrestleMania 10, and this weekend, King of the Ring 94. These are over three hours, these reviews. These can last you a Saturday afternoon, or they can last you the entire month, depending on how you want to listen to them. Either way is acceptable. But why don't you give it a shot if you like us, if you have a few bucks to spare and you want to try it out. If you don't have a few bucks to spare and you still want to try it out, just message us on Twitter mm-hmm. or send us an email. We'll figure it out with you, okay? Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And now, Michael. Yes. We are culminating. It's time to culminate. Are you oh, ready? let's culma. <laughs> is, that, is that a word? Yes. Uh, the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush, folks. We're talking about the best and worst WWF pay-per-view. So what is the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush? Well, each season, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And by the way, if you're on the Facebook group, go vote. You got a little bit more time. You got until December 7th. Go vote for next season. If you're not on the group, join it and vote, okay? And once we get all your votes in, we tally them up into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. We pull out two names each week, and then we rank them. That way, by the end of the season, what you are going to have is the definitive certified organic baptized ordained non-GMO USA certified organic and healthy best and worst WWF pay-per-views of all time. Now, Quinn, this is a rankings week, and it is the final rankings week. This is it. This is it. We're going to figure it all out. We will. There's eight names on the board right now. The final two will be coming out shortly, but let's run down the eight names on there. Sure. At number one, unfortunately, is WrestleMania X7. A fantastic show. It is. Deserving of number one, Maybe. If not, number two definitely is, and that's WrestleMania 3. Another great show. Another great show. Number three, I like this one. The little 
pay-per-view that could. It's true. It made it all the way up to number three. I'm talking about SummerSlam 89. Always a fan of this one. It is a great mm-hmm. one. Number four, also very, very good. Fun, different, Royal Rumble 92. It's a good time. Yep. Number five, an old friend, Quinn. Right. WrestleMania 6. I think it's perfectly in the middle. I think so, too. It's exactly what it should be. Number six, believe it or not, and I'm very happy about this, ECW One Night Stand 05. Deserved. Yes. Absolutely deserved. Excellent pay-per-view. Yeah. Number seven, also very good, but kind of a sleeper, you know, yeah. historically. It's only got like four matches on it or something. Yeah, yeah. but they're all good. WWF Canadian Stampede, July 97. Right. And rounding it out, I guess people just really love this one. I do I do like it. Yeah. SummerSlam 91. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. So those are the eight on the board. Just to remind you guys, if this is your first episode, we don't vote on these. We just rank what you guys vote on. Yeah. So if you want your voice to be heard, if you want your vote counted, make sure you vote for next season. But we got eight on the board, Quinn. When we talk about best pay-per-views, we are talking about successful events. They're presented well. They matter. The matches are good. Mm-hmm. You remember them. It's true. You look forward to them. You anticipate them, and they deliver. That's what makes a good pay-per-view. It has maybe historical significance, maybe a five-star match, or whatever your rating scale is. Ten bananas. Whatever the hell you rate your that, matches that's on. That's an official scale <laughs> somewhere in the nation. <laughs> so with that said, why don't we go down to Howard Finkel for the final Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now Week number five, the finale, Michael Quinn. This is it. We're going to figure it all out. We're going to figure it all out. Experiments will be completed. Yep. The time for talking is through. Well, no, it's time to start talking, actually. No, we got to talk first, and then it will be through, and that'll be it. No, the time for turkey is through, though. The turkey's done. Unless you have leftovers. Yeah. (laughs) Man, there's so many caveats this week. (laughs) So anyway, folks, we have run them down. We have explained uh, part of our criteria of what makes a good pay-per-view. There are eight names on the board. You know, honestly, people might not have any idea what's next. I'm sure they have things they want, you know, for the final two. You guys are the ones that voted. We're going to rank them. So without any further ado, why don't we go down to the fans as they count us for number nine. Straight from the Superdome, it is WrestleMania 30. WrestleMania 30. I love this show. I'm happy it made it. I'm so happy it made it because here's the thing. Is I feel like a lot of people have been like discounting that WWF ever did a good pay-per-view past like 2001. <laughs> which we already proved they did with with uh, ECW yeah. one night and stand. There's, and there's plenty of others too. Like listen, I fully acknowledge that the WWE is awful now it's generally like, gen- most, from for the most part but every now and then they they throw out a little a little gem a little something that i actually rewatch yep 
And this is one of those shows. This is one of those shows that always gets me in. You know, and you know what's interesting about this show? Just before we even start, this is ahead. the first ever WWF, WWE network pay-per-view they ever did. Yes, it is. What a way to start, huh? Yeah, very smart strategy there. Yeah. You know, Quinn, it's, you raise a good point about how, you know, people, and, and rightfully so, have a lot of criticism for the WWE after a certain period of time. I will say that to make a good pay-per-view in the era of at least one a month, you know, 12 a year, mm-hmm. you have to do something that contextually makes sense and ties everything together and builds. And WrestleMania 30 did that. And yeah. that's one of the reasons it stands out still. It took everything they did since SummerSlam, which, again, another rarity in the World Federation. Yeah. This is one of the rare times in the modern era where long-term storytelling was actually used. Even if they took a lot of detours along the way and some accidents and some got accidents and But you could tell at least they had a vision since SummerSlam that this shit was going to blow off somehow like somehow. All, the, all this horse shit had to be settled right whether like, it was intentional or not whether it was intentional or not it all cohesively made it to one pay-per-view they did so obviously wrestlemania 30 was in 2014 april 6th uh, in new orleans at the superdome or if you're hulk hogan the silverdome first off i'd like to welcome everyone here at the silverdome to wrestlemania 30 and that's actually one part about this pay-per-view that um is important is the opening yeah, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I mean, there's a dark match too, but we can we, get into all that. We will get to there. Yeah, but Hulk Hogan, The Rock, and Steve Austin all have a segment together in the ring for the first time. Yeah, that I know of. And also, we we have to we can't forget that this is also a big pay per view as far as the history of WrestleMania because you know anytime it's the the thirty, the twenty, the yep. ten, that thing, it's they always treat it like a way bigger deal. Yep, and this really was a big deal. This was a, a much anticipated pay per view for me, uh, definitely, and for you, Quinn. Yeah. And, oh man, I was really looking forward to this show. Yep, and I know we've covered a bunch of the stuff on here before, so I don't want to retread too much. But we got to start with the main event scene, which is really two pronged because mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan. If he wins his opening match, he'll compete in the main event. Right. So the main event, regardless, is going to be Randy Orton, the champion, again, during the again era. Yeah. And that, that was more like he had dastardly taken it away from Jonathan Cena. Yes, like, and annoyed you know, everybody. And annoyed everyone, right. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, I want to be the face of the company. And he didn't even really beat him, remember? Yeah. Daniel Bryan beat him. Yes. And then he, he kind of sidled in there. And, and then there was a bayance, remember? Yeah, bayance. It's, it's, yeah. it's not good. The build, That part of the build is really annoying. I, I would say the year before, the, the, the prior to January of the year of this WrestleMania build, it was, it was a very frustrating up oh. and down, like... Will they just give it to Dan O'Brien? Right. Like, like they weren't going yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. But anyway. they just let him have it for more than a fucking day. Yep. Like you know. Yep. So he was going to defend no matter what against Batista. Again, we've talked about him a lot, but Batista had returned in January from the world of Marvel or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who was clamoring for that, but I guess you know someone was. Mm-hmm. He looked kind of douchey, and he should have just been a heel, but he wasn't, and that was part of the problem. I like Batista. I just think it was very horrible timing because the fans still wanted Daniel Bryan and they weren't getting what they wanted, which is a trope in itself. Yeah, on one hand, you could see like, oh, well, people like Batista. He's mm-hmm. in movies and stuff and like he, he seems star. to be very popular, yeah. you know, like. But it's just like out of nowhere now, Batista's here to wrestle a WrestleMania. He's the kind of guy you bring in when business is down. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like nobody likes anybody. Yeah. Like it's like, what? so then it felt like, oh, he's horning in on this Daniel Bryan like, like push, That's right? That I we're felt. finally getting. Right. That's what a lot of people felt. They're like, yeah. what is he? Why is he here? Right. Yeah. So that was really going to be their main event until they had to change gears. And they changed gears by 
finally giving in to the fans, right? Right. And they wrote a storyline in where if Daniel Bryan defeated Triple H, like final boss edition, right? You know, like so, Triple H basically had gotten to this point where he was like, "Fuck this guy! Yeah. Like I'm going to do it myself, right? Like he's not going to, he's not yep. going to. Like it's like if everybody else, because he tried to get the Wyatt brothers and all them, yeah, assholes to like do shit, and not none of it worked. None and of it, it worked. Finally, like I got to rip off my corporate shirt and yep. beat him up, right? It's like, <laughs> corporate shirt, right? It's true. That's like what they went for, which is kind of cool, actually. I like it. No, yeah. I really do like. I don't it. even like Triple H, and this is a good <laughs> use of him. You don't? Yeah, I can't tell from the last. Segment. Stinks. Hey guys, my name is Alex, and today I want to tell you how to recognize a high-quality corporate shirt. Another thing to mention is that Triple H was supposed to face CM Punk, so no matter what, he was going to get his match right. at WrestleMania, but I bet you he would have lost to CM Punk. Right. Punk obviously left right after the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. so they conveniently were able to kill two birds with one stone here with the Daniel Bryan thing. So that's the build going in with that, That's right? the build, and that is the main event. Is going to be, if Bryan wins, it'll be a triple threat against Orton and Batista. Because Batista won that fucking Royal Rumble <laughs> that he shouldn't have even won. Like, that Daniel Bryan wasn't even in. Batista will headline WrestleMania 30. Listen to this capacity crowd. God. Uh, you know, Joe. You know that Royal Rumble was the most aggravating thing I've ever seen in the history. Have you ever seen me react so like upset to a wrestling thing live and per- like I no. could not I was that it's drove, on video too that drove me nuts I gotta dig that up again. like I have never been so like I remember pissed. just like you're pissed I was just like I couldn't believe when Rey Mysterio oh, yeah. came out at 30 I was like how are they doing this like what are they thinking and like, what's great is we may be able to talk about this next season if it gets voted into the uh, rankings of flush royal rumble matches yeah yeah it's Look, it's crazy i want an all-time rant from you if that, that happens it is so nuts <laughs> oh wow <laughs> so Quinn, why don't we run down the card uh, you mentioned there was a dark match i guess this aired on the pre-show right if i recall i think we did catch some of this well probably while we were waiting for food while, to arrive and while i was like putting chips on the table <laughs> yeah. or something while people were coming over like people came over for this like that's 20 people. can we just can we just say even that as, as part of the build-up yeah part, go ahead a lot of our friends at the time saw i guess that you and me were kind of really latching onto this because we were kind of like what was going on at the time here was pulling in a lot of people it, more so it, like people who had the, watched wrestling and stuff it was the daniel bryan thing man for our friends i'm it, saying it, was it the, really will, was it was really this will they won't they yeah just fucking make him the champion like for realsies not like a baines right. one day like right and we're like, all in our late 20s doing the yes together doing the and, yes, stuff. and everyone's just kind of like Man, we just want him to fucking win right. already, you know? Like, just come on. Yep. Like, so it pulled in old fans, which then, in turn, because those older fans now had lives and stuff and weren't <laughs> just like just fourteen year olds in their basement. Right. Send your Cheeto stained cards and letters to LVP Podcast, care of Michael Quinn, Ogden, Utah. All of a sudden, you had people at this show we were watching it with. It, they, they don't watch wrestling, but they know me and you who know wrestling yeah. are very interested in it. So they're like, oh, it must be interesting. Yeah. Then, right? We were and, known for being wrestling fans. Right, we exactly. That's ex- that's like what happens. Yeah. So all of a sudden, there's like 20 people at this fucking thing wanting to watch what the hell happens It here. was great, man. Yeah. In the uh, dark match here, the Usos, who were faces, your mom's a cyborg, that yeah. era. Oh, yeah. I love the mom's a cyborg era. It was good. <laughs> they defeated Los Matadores, which is Diego and Fernando. Horrible. They're, they're not- 
<laughs> with El Torito. Like the invaders of this era. <laughs> they are! Yeah, like they're bad. <laughs> the the real Americans, I actually like this team because Cesaro, clearly not American, yeah. teaming up with Jack Swagger. Isn't he Canadian Jack Swagger? No. He could be. I'm not sure. No. Or no, American. wasn't he in the army or something? Never mind. He's, I forget. Very much American. Yeah. And Uncle Zeb, or excuse me, Zeb Coulter yeah. uh, was their manager then. He was and, always Uncle Zeb. We were calling him Uncle Zeb even. I always liked that he got short into Uncle Zeb because of the Zeb Coulter thing. Yes. But but because we knew him as Uncle Zeb Akaya, yes. that like he was he just became Uncle Zeb. The implication is that it is the same character, right? Yes, absolutely. They don't pretend it's not a different person. Yeah, it's like, supposed to be the same like guy. Like, he is the same. He's not Dutch Mantel. He's no. He's Uncle Zeb, yes. but he's now just Zeb. They, they let us know his last name. <laughs> I like how they're... they're their solution to, real. to making him because Zebakaya is so like weird to say is yeah. just to call him Zeb. That's great. <laughs> Zeb. I love it. And then the fourth team in this uh, fatal four way for the tag titles was <sighs> one of my least favorite things they do is when they combine names yep. a poor menthol, if you will. Not and to mention both these people suck. <laughs> <laughs> Rybaxel. Yeah. Horrible. Uh, Curtis Axel, that's Joe Hennig. Uh, and Ryback, who also not a big fan. Uh, and anyway, it didn't really matter, but the Usos retained their titles there, which is cool. Right. Then the opener is a long one, but it's actually a good long match. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Daniel Bryan taking on Triple H, who has evil Stephanie. So there's a couple of things in this entrance that, first of all, Daniel Bryan has the like very like meteoric, like normal Daniel Bryan entrance. Where he's like, yes, yes, yes. And then he comes down. Everyone's all happy, right? Yep. <sighs> and then Triple H. So first of all, Stephanie strolls out. She's got this corporate, sexy corporate thing sexy going on. Corporate, sexy yes. corporate with short shorts, but she's got like a puffy shirt and a and, and tails and everything. And she's like, and here he is, my husband. He's going to be the champion, the king of kings, the lord and master of the ring, Triple H. And then they roll Triple H out on a fucking throne with Sasha Banks and Charlotte, Charlotte yeah, you're like, right. crawling all over him like he's like the greatest thing to ever happen he's got like a fucking skeleton crown and the whole time i'm like when like did anyone ever think triple h was like the greatest wrestler of all time because that sure is what they're making it look like here right yeah and then and like his entrance is so long it's like and it's all this like choir they're like oh he's triple h and he's gonna we gotta take his shit off. Like they all like take like the girls take all his stuff off, and then like literally they take his crown off when the when it like crescendos, and he's like trying to play the game, and he's like mm, this asshole. It's all designed to piss you off, and yeah. it all works. Yeah, I think especially to wrestling fans, it really pisses them off because it's like, man, this guy just really thinks he's the greatest shit. Yep, it's perfect. Like, it's, it's like it is. so fucking annoying. But I gotta give credit they work a hell of a match together really really Excellent good match it yeah. really is daniel bryan wins clean mm-hmm. which is the best part no chicanery he just wins just kicks him in the fucking face and wins that's it it's and- like yeah, you couldn't beat Daniel Bryan. Right. You suck. Yeah, and it's You're perfect. fucking Shawn Michaels crony. Get out of here. Like, because, yeah, because like, of what I, happened at SummerSlam. Just quick background. I know we've talked about it before, but at SummerSlam 13, Bryan, who had been becoming a big fan favorite, he fights John Cena for the world title. Special referee is Triple H, who's still a face at that point, right? Daniel Bryan wins clean. 
He beats John Cena. He legit, and all of a sudden now you're like, you know what I love about that is that he beats Cena clean. Right. Is that now, oh, Daniel Bryan's a main eventer. He's exactly. like definitely like absolutely like good. And Cena's gracious about it. Yeah. Because he always is because he's good. Yeah. And uh, Big match John, baby. Big match John. And Triple H congratulates Daniel Bryan, then beats him up. And then Randy Orton, the uh, Money in the Bank holder yeah. at the time, comes out and wins the title. And then they just piss everyone off for months, and including the Batista thing, until they finally realize, fuck, if we don't put him in the main event, we're going to have a problem. It's going to be a riot in the Superdome. People are going to be pissed at WrestleMania, yeah. and that's how we got here. Great opener, though. Mm-hmm. Really, really good opener. Then we have one of my personal sentimental favorite things. This- I loved it so much, especially with the tone of the night of Daniel Bryan kicking stupid Triple H in the face and just get the fuck out of here. Get right off the screen. Right. Here comes a bunch of cronies <laughs> that like all these people that work for that are again, all these attitude era people, yep. Kane, <laughs> new age outlaws. Like, why are they here? Like, right. Why is fucking road dog wrestling in like this time? Right. <laughs> so they cut, they, they, they form this team. Yep. Sierra hotel, Nuevo, whatever. I don't know. They come out shield right they're fucking awesome right yep. everyone likes shield yes no one has issues with anybody in the shield yet no they're just good and they beat the absolute piss out of these old fuckers <laughs> two minutes 56 seconds according to wikipedia i was like clapping i'm like this <laughs> so is I. great this is exactly it's a new era right these new this attitude era people they gotta go like, i know this and i think they did this on purpose they did like right the shield is legit they're new and the, no more old people they didn't have an issue with these guys they Correct. just beat the shit out of them yes, like it was great kane kane <laughs> Then we had the first ever Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which I, I didn't mind, honestly. Nobody had issue. Again, I, not old and dumb. Yet, right. Right. And there's a lot of people in it, and we're not going to go into everyone that was in it. But the bottom line was it came down to Cesaro and Big Show. I thought, well, clearly the Big Show is going to win. Of course, that's what they're going to do. Because yeah, he's why Andre's they? son. Yeah, because he's so, his own son. You know what? I, I do want to run down the people because it's just funny, but I'm going to say them quick, okay? Yoshitatsu. Yeah. <laughs> you remember him? Yes. Brad Maddox. <laughs> oh, goodness. Brodus Clay. Yeah. The Great Kali. How did Great Kali not win? I don't know. He's even bigger. I know. <laughs> Zack Ryder. Okay. Darren Young. Mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre. Jinder Mahal. Don't hinder him. Don't hinder him. Heath Slater. Okay. Mark Henry. Good. Titus O'Neil. Also okay. good. The Miz, of course. Santino Morella, still Fantastic. there. Fantastic. <laughs> still there. Yeah. Xavier Woods. Mm-hmm. Damian Sandow. Mm-hmm. Justin Gabriel. David Otunga. Mm-hmm. Big E before he mattered. Fandango. R Truth. Sin Cara. Tyson Kidd. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, Nanny's husband. Hi. Uh, Goldust. Yeah. Cody Rhodes. Ray Mysterio. Kofi Kingston. Hi, I'm Dolph Ziggler. Alberto Del Rio. Seamus and of course Big Show. That's a who's who of people who have gone to other wrestling it federations really is, like, right? and formed a, a, a one called AEW. Or like, mattered in WWE. It's very interesting. I actually, I do think it's interesting everyone in there considering like, you know, we're a couple years out from this. Like this time in WWF, believe it or not to me, was like a formational time for people who a lot of the undercard were people figuring out where they would end up. Yeah, or wandering aimlessly and yeah. catching a break. Yeah, I agree right. with you. Uh, Cesaro won, though, surprisingly. It was amazing. This was incredible. I was so happy with this. didn't expect this. this. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! Cesaro wins the Battle Royal! Oh my god! The 
next match is not good. It's way too long, and Bray Wyatt is not that good. I'm sorry, but he really is a poor wrestler during this period yeah, of time. This was, you have to remember, though, Jeff, this was a period of time where people were hyped for Bray Wyatt. Oh, very much so during this period so of time. Every, I remember everyone blamed Cena for this. Cena's good. Yeah. I remember the big at the t- at the time was it's like, man, why can't John Cena cut him a break? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? They didn't want him to beat they didn't want him to lose to Bray Wyatt. Good thing That's they why. didn't have him lose to Bray Wyatt because what the fuck? He ended up being garbage in the end. He really was all especially this period of time. I didn't watch a lot of the Fiend stuff and all that crap, but like during this period of time, he was all entrance and all promo and but he sucked in the ring. In the ring it was very disappointing. He'd get there is like this is really cool, right? Yeah. I like this whole entrance. I like that he's like wailing mercy or whatever, but like <laughs> that's all cool and he's got this the the Harper and Roman and you know Rowan. Rowan. Yeah. Um he's got these guys with him and that's fun, but when he gets in the ring he's boring as shit. His matches sucks. His ba- it- I didn't even like the Fiends matches, honestly. Yeah. I, I just, everything he ever did in the ring sucked. I always liked his entrances. But, yeah, me too. But John Cena's a guy who can wrestle. Yeah. John, this is a waste of John Cena, if anything. It really was. It was weird that they just gave Cena this random win in this random match. But it was like 22 minutes. I remember this sucking. I think this was, <laughs> here's your opportunity, Bray. We're going to give you the best guy we got. Maybe. Right? I think that's really what they were doing. Maybe. Maybe. But it wasn't good. Next match, obviously, is very famous. This? Very infamous. I love this. Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. defeats The Undertaker and ends the streak. Quinn, go ahead. So, going into this, I, I had no doubt in my mind The Undertaker would win this. Like, I, I had zero doubt in my mind. Never loses. the build was so average. Very, right? oh, it was horrible. The build but when I look ass. back at this, right, I think to myself, especially with how they were kind of more aware of the fans and stuff like that. I just wonder if they realized this is the perfect opportunity because nobody is expecting it. I think everything was done low key for a reason. I agree with this because the undertaker really was done personally. I agree too. Yeah. I've always said the streak had to end at some point. It doesn't do anyone any good if he doesn't lose. Right. Put someone over with it. This was the point in this show, Joe, where I thought this is an all-time show when he lost. Because yeah. I, could, I couldn't believe, like, I was like, this is crazy. Like, right. this, this is, like, out of left field, but, like, years of, like, just, like, breathing in yeah. and, like, a huge exhale, right? right? Right. And I just thought that this was fantastic. And I, I know a lot of people disagree on this, but... Yeah, and that's a pol- it's a polarizing result yeah. to the match. Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The match sucks. It's of not course. good. Yeah. Uh, part of that is because Undertaker was concussed, I think, during the match. One way Early or- on, right? Early on, yeah. yeah. He couldn't really go. No. But he finished the job. He finished the job, and one way or another, it's memorable, whether you like it or not. Right. It's certainly remembered. One of the reasons this WrestleMania is uh, a standout, you know? Yes. Again, whether you like the result or not. A third and Undertaker! Brock Lesnar into the cover! Hugs the leg! The streak is over! The next match was a cooldown, and this is right before the women's revolution, so to speak. Yes. So... No I mean, one, they were still on Triple H's like throne or whatever. Yeah. So, mm. and it was still the Divas Championship. Still, yeah. 
So no one really cared, but in this, it was the Vicky Guerrero Invitational, <laughs> which again is just get all the women on the card. Yeah. So AJ Lee, who was the Divas Champion, defeated the match that included <sighs> Oksana. Remember her? Yes. Alicia Fox, who's good. Yeah, I do like her. Brian Bella. Brian <laughs> Bree Bella. Is that the Brian Bella or is that the yeah, Brie is Brian Brother Bella? Cameron. Okay. And that's the one who thought that that match was really good. Molina versus Alicia Fox. Yeah. yeah. Emma. Remember Emma? She was good. Yeah, Emma. Eva Marie, who everyone hates. God, that long ago, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Layla on the yeah. tail end of her run. Mm-hmm. Naomi, who's very good. Yes. Natty. So long ago. Natty is just like, God, I don't even know who to equate her to, but she's like the Tony Gurria of fucking women wrestlers. She's just always there and always <laughs> getting some kind of a win. Remember her dad, Brett, was a good wrestler or something? Very good. Uh, Yucky Bella. Yeah. That's Nikki. Yucky Bella. That's her. <laughs> Sorry. This That's a smart wrestling fan thing, yeah, right? That, that's yucky, why we say Yucky that. Bella. I don't yeah. know why it makes me laugh. Today on the program, I am a cat. I am a cat. Rosa Mendez, whatever. Summer Rae, one mm-hmm. of Quinn's favorites. My girl. Not a good wrestler, though. Very nice lady, though. Nice lady. She could have done promotion for them for Forever, decades. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like. And, uh, and Tamina Snuka. Again, yeah. she still works there. I think she just got released. Oh, wow. She? That, she that's like ones? an end of an era if she's been released. Did she? I can't like, remember. I can't God, remember. She's been wrong. there so long. Yeah. That match is exactly what it's supposed to do, mm-hmm. unfortunately, which was cool the crowd down, give them a piss break. Right, because there's a main event coming up. Yep, and in the main event, obviously, like we mentioned, it's Randy Orton, who is the clear heel, but also almost sympathetic because you know that the authority doesn't give a fuck about him. Yeah. And he's just like, I want to be good. Like, yeah. literally, it, it's... Randy Orton's been, like, dragged along <laughs> yeah. the, the champion. He's like, kind of being used as a pawn for Triple H and Stephanie. Yeah, to get know? back at this little gnome man yeah. or whatever. Batista, who's supposed to be a face, but most people are like, all right, if we have to, you know? Really, Batista's being positioned, though, as he's some kind of favorite, right? Yes. You're, like, Well, yeah, of course he is. The big guy. And, the marketing push. Yeah. Like, you know, like, that, that's, like that, that's what that's being positioned as. Absolutely. This is what WWF corporate wants, is Batista, Exactly. Right? And Daniel Bryan, the underdog. Right. You know, the everyman, the little guy. The fans want that. The B-plus player. Mm-hmm. And it's... Fine. I like the match. It's a good man's on an all-time anything. It's a good triple threat match. Yeah. It's a fine match with a fine ending, and uh, it makes WrestleMania 30 go home with Daniel Bryan kicking, um, I think, Batista in the face. And and taps him out. And taps him out. Yes, Ron! fucking awesome and everyone is happy the show goes off the air wow they ended wrestlemania without triple h pissing everyone off and like it's like this is great you're absolutely right even michael cole's call is really good everyone involved is doing good here yeah this is this is for once they actually like made the end of wrestlemania good it's been a while they took a weird way to get there and the fallout from this is not good yeah really things started to decline just months after this but for this one night in this capsule, this is a really good show. I'll say this. At the, when this ended, I thought, man. A new era. WWF. Yep. They're set. They got yep. Look at all these people. Yep. They're all good. Yep. You know, you get through this card, you see all these highlights, and you're like, man, this company's going to be really, they're going to be well off. It's going to be great. It wasn't to be, but. And corporate cane. <laughs> and then, like, and then it's just this stuff like that. Exactly, Quinn. 
All right. We've said our piece on WrestleMania 30. Mm-hmm. Why don't we go down to the fans? Let's find out, folks. This is the final entrant now. Let's see if it's what you are expecting. Count us down, fans, to number 10. When the clock strikes midnight, midnight. my contract comes to an end. Quinn, we got Money in the Bank. Shorty, what you drank, That's Money right. in the Bank. Here we are. <laughs> money in the Bank 2011, of course, the second Money in the Bank. I will say this. If if there's two shows that are in the post-01 <laughs> era that deserve to be, the, these are the shows. I agree with that. Like, these are the two shows that, uh, that stand out to me. And, and, this, and uh, One Night Stand. And One Night Stand, of course. Yeah. This one, folks, was... Uh, well regarded at the time. I don't know if it still is. Apparently enough people thought it was to vote it in. This won the pay-per-view of the year from The Observer. Mm-hmm. This also has a five-star match from Dave Meltzer on it. Mm-hmm. This show got rave reviews at the time because, again, contextually, what it did is it tied everything together. Yeah. And it was really that good. It was going on in the, the mindset of the fandom. Correct. Notice any time they listen to the fans that... You know, the paper is usually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, anytime just, in, just saying. Anytime they're in tune with what the fans really do want, yes. Yeah. Obviously, the main event here, we'll just quick background because we have talked about this. CM Punk challenged John Cena for the world title. And mm-hmm. the background here is that CM Punk, who had kind of been meandering for a bit prior to this, wanted the title shot, had a match with John Cena on Raw, then cut, obviously, the infamous pipe bomb promo. The promo that we will probably remember a lot because I think ultimately what that promo says is what a lot of people thought then and what they still think now of this corporatized um, world wrestling entertainment. Yeah, I think it said a lot of what people was on their minds and there's a lot of truths in it. I yeah. do believe that. Like and it appealed to a segment of the audience, you know, that yeah. were that did think that. It appealed to the internet fans. It, it appealed to the IWC. It didn't appeal to the casual fans that just go there to cheer John Cena and Correct. they're like eight. But I think Which is why it was smart. I think what it did, it did the the classic thing of it was so cool and executed so properly that the casual fan picked up on it i think i truly think that that like they everyone all of a sudden was said oh all the people who know about wrestling like cm punk now i like cm punk right i I really think it made a name for him and i'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after vince mcmahon's dead but the fact is it's it's gonna get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family it was a unique situation, by the way, just that they were in a situation where they were in contract negotiations. They where really they, were, yes. Where they could actually keep their fans in the dark. Yes. Right? And also, like, media, because now that, you know, ESPN and all them shits are now fucking reporting on wrestling, too. Right. Like, even they didn't know. Right. So nobody fucking knew going and, into this. And I know that he's, he did sign his new contract, like, very, very close to this event. It wasn't, like, Maybe a day prior. or so. Yeah. yeah. yeah Maybe like, a day of. I yeah. don't know. But nevertheless, that's the main build here. But obviously, Quinn, the pay-per-view is named Money in the Bank. Now, that had been a match that had been taking place at WrestleManias up until 2010, and then they gave it its own pay-per-view. 
And this has two Money in the Bank matches, one for Raw, one for SmackDown. And these are multi-man ladder matches mm-hmm. where the winner grabs a briefcase and then carries it around like an asshole and is known as Mr. Money in the Bank, which is stupid. And then they sometimes interfere or cash in in matches and win the title, or they don't. One and I hate I, it. One I thing, hate it. One thing I want to say is that great idea on paper. Yeah, but they never um, did it. They And they did do it properly with Edge. They did it, they did it properly a few times. Yeah. And then they just didn't. Like, then they just said, oh, it's a pay-per-view now, and then it lost all fucking value at yeah. that point. Yeah. I don't. I didn't really like that it became its own pay-per-view, but that's just me being No old. offense, Edge is the best ever Money in the Bank person. The cash-in? Yeah. It's, yeah. The be- it's, it's, it's 100% be. the best cash-in they ever did. It's gotta be. Yeah, the I, first one I, is the best one. I totally agree. So this took place in Chicago at the Rosemont. Again, a great wrestling arena. Rabid fan base. CM Punk's home town mm-hmm. and that's a big story of this show yes it's the the them being in chicago the contract up what is going to happen fighting there? john cena fighting you got john cena to hold the line here right yep. like like cm punk here's the one thing i will say this is if it is if it does turn real which is what they're kind of suggesting right, right? Of but if it does turn real john cena can handle himself in there he's much bigger than this guy oh yeah like he could beat the shit out of him if he wants to i i, like, I guess so right i mean people might have opinions but CM Punk wasn't even trained for MMA yet. And, yeah, uh, exactly. When he, he was, was just a, a wrestler man. Yeah. Like, so I'm just uh, saying. But yeah, this was a big deal. July 17th, 2011. This even got me perked up again when I when I heard the pipe bomb. So I'll give it credit. I mean, it worked. Now, the pay-per-view itself, keep it in context because none, <sighs> of, mean, this, yeah. none of this really mattered long-term. Other than the last match. Right. So that, That's why I think really this is a one-match show, personally, but that's my opinion. In terms of significance, I mean, the in-ring quality was praised, but again, so many, after so many good matches, like, what does it matter? You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. let's run it down for you. In the uh, pre-show match, the unfortunate team of Santino Morella <sighs> and Vladimir Kozlov. Yes. This is a horrible era. They defeated, because this needed to happen, the new Nexus. This was <laughs> still going on, huh? Yes. Wasn't t- CM Punk technically still part of this? I think he had broken away by this okay. point. And that is David Otunga, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Michael McGillicuddy, who is the unfortunately named Joe Hennig again. Yeah. So how is he on this and the other thing, wrestling at 30? Great. Then in the opener, we have our first Money in the Bank match. This is the SmackDown one. And this is well regarded. This one was, was praised at the time. My problem, Quinn, I don't want to call it a problem. My disassociation with these is after a while, all of these fucking multi-man ladder matches blend together. It's yep. people just doing spots and Everyone stuff. laying on the floor waiting for the next spot. Yeah. That's like- I, I, I applaud and have tremendous respect for the guys that do them. Yeah, because you know to, to do the spots, to be fair, does take a lot of um, skill and ability and, and like, uh, like bravery, quite yes. literally, because you might die. So I'm like, not, yeah, yeah literally. Not, not begrudging these people, or you might break your leg in half, right? Like land wrong or something, right? And when you're watching it live, and uh, meaning live on pay per view, or obviously live in the audience. It's cool. You know, yeah. like, oh, oh. Because no, th- these look great in person. Right. They, like, for the, the live crowd, these, there's a reason they do these every year because oh, they yeah. look fucking awesome if you're there. But even when you're sitting there drinking a beer and watching it on TV the first time, right? It's exciting, right? right. Rewatchability wise, though, I have very little patience because they all just blend I together. I don't know any money in the bank ladder match I've ever gone back to rewatch. Right. Where I was like, how the fuck did they do that to the point where I wanted to see it? Years later. That's all I mean. Right? Yeah. 
But anyway, Daniel Bryan won this one, which was the start of a bit of a push for him as the world heavyweight champion. That's the big gold belt at the time. But, but the big gold was very devalued at oh, that yeah. point. It was like, oh, this is like the B-tier world title. It definitely it's was. SmackDown was Practically very Practically the Intercontinental title. Essentially. Yeah. And it's the one that he actually lost to, she- uh, to Sheamus in, in like, like a second seconds, or whatever. Yeah. 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 But he defeated Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. Heath Slater. It's these fucking Andre Battle Royal people again. Yeah. Three years earlier. Justin, Justin Gabriel. Remember him. Kane, of course. Sin Cara. Sheamus. God, it's like all the same people. Yeah. And Wade Barrett. See, that's what I mean. It, yeah. It, it looks fine, but they had a lot of the mattered. same people in their hopper they for many matter. years. Yeah. That's not a good thing, yeah. though. They didn't matter, is my uh-huh. point. Uh, women's match, again, the no one cares era. Kelly Kelly, yes, with Eve Torres. She was the champion. Mm hmm. Defeated Brie Bella, who had Nikki. Brian Bella with, with Yucky, Yucky Bella. Yep. Okay. Great stuff. Now, this one was well regarded and it probably would still hold up today because it's two big men beating the fuck out of each other. Good. And it, it, it is good. And it was the start of a resurgence for Mark Henry. He's, he's a fantastic person. He cleanly defeated the big show. Good. I know. One, two, Mark Henry laying waste to the big show. And this is what eventually, little by little, led to him being like, fuck you, I'm Mark Henry. And then eventually, in 2013, the pink uh, suit and yes, all that. The, the salmon suit. Yeah, yes. salmon suit. This is the start of like the real last big Mark Henry push. Good. And it was awesome. It was fantastic. Yes. The next match is the Raw Money in the Bank ladder match, which really, I don't even think is as good as the opener. And it's it doesn't have Daniel Bryan in it. That's why. Well, yeah. And it has the winner here is Alberto Del Rio, who if I never see on television ever again, I will be fine with. He's one of the worst things, like, Overall. Ever. Yeah. He's really bad. He could work when he wanted to, but I was just always underwhelmed with him. I always felt, unless it was important, he didn't care. Yeah. Like, just, that's what it, my my opinion, kind of my end result opinion of him is. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. Yeah. He defeated Alex Riley, mm-hmm. who was still a thing uh, for a while. Evan Bourne. I liked Evan Bourne. Matt, Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel, yes. Let's go Seidel. Yep. That, him. Jack Thwagger, again, just fucking around. Yeah. Kofi Kingston during the just fucking around era. Mm-hmm. The Miz, yet again. Our Truth. Our <laughs> Truth is an un- unbelievable guy that has been in the business for an insanely long period of time. He's like 70 or something and he still looks the I, same. I wouldn't know. Like, honestly, he's ageless. I love Our Truth. Has Our Truth, could you, uh, could you tell the difference if they could just isolate, like, Our Truth in, like, 2000? Like, and, <laughs> and like, now? It's I don't think you could tell tell the tell, the tell tell the truth. No pun intended. <laughs> like you could tell in what year that was. Absolutely, he's uh, he's a timeless individual. He's going to be fifty in January. By the it way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You could, could, he could wrestle when he's eighty. I wouldn't know. I fucking love him. Yeah, team player all the way. Yes, uh, and Ray Mysterio was also in that. Again, it's spots. They do the spots, and then a guy wins, and right. they climb ladders. I, I'm not impressed by these. Yeah, I've just seen so many friggin' multi man ladder matches. That oh, well, they're good, and while you're watching them, they're good, and then they're I nice just don't little. Care. Yeah, they're. You know, you I will know? say this is that the one thing I think they're good for. I, first of all, I don't think there should be two in one show. I should always. I think there should always only be one. Idea. Yeah. Um, but if you have one of these, I always think they're a great mid-show, like wake the crowd up, like, yep. like kind of thing, and like especially if you're watching it live and you got a bunch of Cheetos out and like all the snacks and your friends are over. Any chicken wings? sometimes chicken wings it's a fun thing to just have in the middle of the show it doesn't really need to mean anything and then you just you get to see a bunch of guys like jump off high shit like and like do crazy spots and like it's like oh this is fun and then you just move on to the rest of the show that's its place honestly for me it really is 
but that doesn't bode well for it looking back. No, you know it's what I'm not saying? it doesn't have rewatchability, but as far as um a live with watching with your friends kind of thing, it's super fun. Totally agree. That's, that's my to me my final outlook on the it's the match. I 100 yeah. agree with you. Yeah, on that. And then right before the main event, we have the era where they were trying to make Christian something again. Yeah. How many eras is that? God. Listen, I I respect him. Nice guy, good wrestler, good talker, good being the operative word. <laughs> Very good. He's just good. Yes. I never, ever, and I'm sorry if this offends anyone. <laughs> I never bought him as a world title guy. I just never Me did. Either. I'm sorry. NWA world title. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and you know, there's people that feel that way about Bret Hart and that's yeah. their opinion. That's okay. Or Sean, but Christian to me just always gave off that tag team. And, <laughs> and he's the, he's not edge. Of, he's, let's put it that way. I, I don't even love a- edge. But I like Edge but a lot. But Christian yeah. is definitely the yeah. Genetti of that team. I'm sorry. 100%. I'm sorry. But anyway, he defeated Randy Orn, who was the WWF champion. No, excuse me. The world heavyweight champion. Yeah, again, the intercontinental me. champion. Yeah, the big gold. Yeah. yeah. Now, Randy Orton had so many damn title runs that no one can keep track of them without an abacus. I don't even think this one counts, though, because this is during the time period where it's like, unless you were WWE champion, none of it matters. This is true. Like, you know what I mean? This yeah. is just Randy Orton doing something. This yeah. is not even This is not even like a world title run to me. Good point. Yeah. And the stipulation here is that Orton was a champion and the no DQ, the DQ is waived, meaning if Orton gets DQ'd, he loses the title. Or there's poor officiating, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> whatever that means. Stupid. There's probably some shady ref, some shit. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Like some story nobody even fucking remembers. Yes. <laughs> and what happens here is Orton kicks Christian in the balls or something, and Christian becomes the world champion. Wait, that- wait. That's the ending? Yes. Oh, I thought the Christian... <laughs> At last, you're on your own, and he, and he pinned him. No, he, no, oh, oh well. The title by DQ, really horrible. Good. Oh, the leeway there. Randy, you got to calm down, Randy. You got to calm down. This paper sucks, Joe, by the way. Like, <laughs> but again, in its context, it yeah. didn't. You know what I mean? This is what everyone was waiting for, right here. Absolutely. John Cena, CM Punk. Again, we've talked about the build uh, multiple times, including today. But the bottom line here is CM Punk gets a hero's welcome in Chicago. His entrance is one of my favorite things ever. Now, yep. he's still got the Anaconda Vice music or whatever the fuck that is. But he does <laughs> he does the like, he doesn't have cult of personality yet. No, but he, he does the, the watch thing and the, it's clobbering time. And then the whole crowd just like, oh my God, everyone is just like, Mm. It, yep. it felt like this force of like fan good coming out. Everyone just wanted. It's like can we just have someone who's honest about how shitty this place is. Because did we look at that whole card we just watched? Yep. Like there's something needs to change here. <laughs> One thing that I have read, and it's probably been confirmed by CM Punk, I think, is that John Cena and CM Punk, who wrestle over 30 minutes here, improvised and called this match in the ring, which was is unheard of for this period of time. Uh, and they're like, what do you guys got? And Cena, Cena goes, talk to the guy, you know? And, you know, and I, I think I looked at uh, Michael Hayes and I was like, we got nothing. And he's like... Guys, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get something, you know. I got, what, what are you gonna blow? And we were like, it's live. What are you gonna do? You know, we're just gonna go out there and we're gonna see what happens. Again, 
the more we go on, the more we analyze every, I can never find a non-positive thing about John Cena. He is the, fu- he's the fucking all-time great. CM Punk gives him credit for yeah. this match, too. I don't think CM Punk ever had a real problem with him. I don't think so. This match is great because it's not formulaic. Yeah. Because it's not put together by the agents. Right. It's not put together by fucking Johnny Ace or mm-hmm. whoever the fuck back there thinks they know what they're doing. So there's all these weird counters and twists and things where instead of the usual Cena crap where he tries to go for his finisher and then someone flips out of it, CM Punk just sneaks away. There's roll through on moves. There's twists and turns. It's like they're really fighting. Yeah. It's like it matters. I was the first guy to be like, why does everybody always take their shoulder? Like, you know what the fuck's going to happen. Like, why do you let him do this to you without fucking kicking him in the head? So, like, it was really like I, I broke down the John Cena comeback, like, in a logical way, and he was just kind of like, this is, this is great. How come nobody's ever done this before? You know? The story says it matters, too. Right. Because what's on the line here is this guy might go to the TNAs, right. or, or uh, yeah. he, he might go to, like, uh, Japan. Japan or something. He even started name dropping other promotions. Yep. So, we all know the ending here, and I absolutely love it. We get towards the very end of the match, and Johnny Ace, John Laronitis, who's like Vince McMahon's right-hand man, right? He comes out to try to, like, pull some shit, and I've always said, you know I get so happy about this. Yeah. John Cena punches him right in the face. He's like, I'm not winning this way. Yeah. And he's sending Laronitis down the oh, right hand by Cena. And to me, this, again, it cements the John Cena's a fucking face, Mm -hmm. right? Through and through. It doesn't matter the situation. And this is what I always admired about the character. Like, as much as, like, I wanted him to turn heel one day, at the same time, I look back at these things and I say, this character never betrayed what he was. He really didn't. Like, he he never, ever did. I mean, he had a very corny insults and childish humor era. You know that. But But once he became, like, Make-A-Wish and everything... Honestly, I don't see how you could ever turn him. Like, he's too pure, right? You know what I mean? And I almost love the dynamic here, right? The dynamic of this angsty, uh, like, real, like, this place sucks and things need to change versus this stand-up guy that um, he's just trying to represent the company and do good. Yep. And, like, he's putting up an awkward position where he has to defend the company, but the company isn't really good. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and they're uh, corrupt. They're corrupt and they're bad. Yep. But because, you know, he stands for values and stuff like that, that you got this face that's just in this spot where he's got to, he's got to do what he's got to do because it's the right thing to do. And I love that. Even though Chicago hates him, Cena knows how to handle that. Yes. Like he did at one night stand 2006. Right. Exactly. He he, he doesn't One night stand prepared him. (laughs) Exactly. So with Johnny Ace knocked out, Cena hops back in the ring. Punk hits the go to sleep. Vince McMahon's there all sad at ringside as CM Punk pins John Cena. Then Vince gets tries to get Del Rio out there, who had won the Money in the Bank. If you right, recall. because that was that was the ace in the hole. If, yep. if if everything went wrong, well, we got the Money in the Bank, right? Asshole, you mean? Yeah, asshole. 
asshole. The ass in the hole. The Oreo's the asshole. Yeah. And he comes out like a big idiot and like Punk just leaves. <laughs> he doesn't even wrestle him. He just leaves. And the best part is as Punk is leaving, he does this wave yeah. or whatever and the crowd is like laughing at how, what a fucking jobber Del Rio is and what a dumbass Vince McMahon looks like. Like, it's this great. is like, fuck these people. They stink. Like, And another stipulation of this that rarely gets talked about because it wound up not mattering is Cena was supposed to get fired if he didn't win. Right. So what happened is the next night roll. I don't want to do too much of the fallout here. Everyone knows it isn't good, but then it gets good again in November. Mm-hmm. Is that the immediate uh, fallout was fun though? I the remember the, the, is, the night after was good. The night after, yeah. yeah. That's where Triple H comes out at the end and is like, "Sorry, Pop, I love you, but like we're replacing you because you're oh. senile." I love you, Pop, and I'm sorry. Right, because they, they, he was about to fire Cena, yep. and it, 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 like even the, I think even the fans were like, "This is stupid." <laughs> like it's like it's, he literally did his best, and it's because of you idiots yeah. that he lost in the first place. Exactly. Right? Like like literally nobody agreed with it, even <laughs> even people who don't like John Cena. Like, and that's where Triple H officially becomes like corporate Triple H, little by little. Right, right. But the CM Punk thing, they really didn't do a good job in the months ensuing after this. Remember, like Kevin Nash and like Rey Mysterio, the, all- Kevin Nash and the cell phone and yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they rebooted it in earnest at Survivor Series. And when the summer of Punk started, yes, this to me is the foundation of that. Yes. But it doesn't really. You're absolutely right. It doesn't get started until a little bit, like about so, a, a couple months later. Yeah, and then when you hit Survivor Series and he takes on Del Rio, and remember Howard Finkel is Punk's ring announcer. Yeah, it's so good. That's where it starts. In earnest but anyway that is money in the bank 2011 when we gotta rank now okay number one wrestlemania 17 two wrestlemania three three royal SummerSlam 89 excuse me four royal rumble 92 mm-hmm. five wrestlemania six six is ecw one night stand seven is canadian stampede and eight is SummerSlam 91 for wrestlemania 30 quinn my immediate thought is that it is a better overall pay-per-view Maybe than SummerSlam '91. I least. agree with that statement. It's feel good. I, I absolutely like agree with that statement. I think it is better than Canadian Stampede. I agree with that too. I think it's more important, bigger. Yes. I love. I do love Canadian Stampede. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But just because this is the newest one on here doesn't preclude it from being higher than some of the ones that people grew up with. Right. One night stand. This is hard for me. Both are very feel good. I know. You know what? I would give the nod personally to 30 because it's more like a traditional show, especially like I think a lot about how the show went off the air. Okay. An ECW one night stand. The whole ending is not designed to be traditional in any sense of the word because again, the mindset of the ECW show is we're never, ever going to get to do this again. So they just start throwing everyone out True. there, everyone so that they can get a like, like a little like nod, which is fine in the context yes, here, right? Like is. that, it like is. if you think none of these people are ever going to be on national television ever again, right. let them all get out there. It's the right thing to do. Right. And it was, it was all fan service. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think it's great, but yeah, I think 30 overall. 30 overall doesn't have to work in that box, right? Of like, this might be it. Right. (laughs) Right. But against WrestleMania 6, here's the thing, right? Wrestling match quality wise, obviously 30 has it beat by a mile because 30 has a really good opener. 30 has a really good main event. 30 has, mm, is anything else really good on that? I guess the importance of Undertaker Brock, The moment. Yeah. That's a a moment. Yeah. That's a moment I, I have to fairly say that nobody will ever forget. Agreed. When Brock beat him. That's that shows like, 
okay, this is now a rewatchable classic right. show. For better or for worse, yeah. right? Yeah. And it also has a very fun little Andre Battle Royal. Yeah. And it has the shield just squashing the fuck out of the New Age Outlaws. So King. happy. So I like all that. Six is one of my favorites to watch. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's an old friend. I love yeah. the main event, obviously. Hogan Warrior. The only reason it contends with six is because WrestleMania 30 is the, and I have to give it a lot of credit here, it's the only newish WrestleMania that I've ever gone back to watch more than once. Same. Like, it's it's so good. Start to finish, though, is it a better show than six? <sighs> that's the that's the trouble, is right? It really? Like, do I like it? I like six a little bit better, but it... I do, too. I. It's just I really, like... I have to hand it to 30. I really oh, yeah. do think it's like a very special show. I do too. Like I really want to like let it be known that for like a new show, it's very hard to do what WrestleMania 30 accomplished. Yeah. Really, really is. Like to have like a build that went on that long. Even some of these top WrestleManias don't have builds that go on that long. No, absolutely like, not. You know what I mean? Like that is a special thing right there. And I want to kind of shout out WrestleMania 30. And it's very feel good. Yeah. The reason six, again, my opinion that I think it should stay above is because it is a very, very fun memorable. Watch. Yeah. Start to finish. Whereas 30, it is very good. And if you like wrestling matches, they're better on 30. Mm-hmm. That's not the only criteria. I like the, listen, I like the main event, not the wrestling match, but the main event of Hogan Warrior more than I like that triple threat. I just do. You right. know what I mean? I don't like triple threats. I don't like Batista some, in the main event. I don't like Orton in the main event. Some you know? people may argue that the main event is really a two-parter because it's the the beginning and the end. I agree. Like uh, The way that show is, is constructed is not meant to... Like The second match is part of the first match in a weird way. It is, and but, I agree with that. Yeah. But I still think that Hogan Warrior, man. Yeah. I just think that six is just too much of a classic. I agree. With the demolition, you know, yeah. big three P with Andre's farewell. The f- it's the commentary too. The fe- yeah, yeah, the commentary it the, helps. The it, feel good nature it edges, of it. It edges it a little forward here. Um, okay, so WrestleMania. Yeah, 30. not that thirty has bad commentary either. Yeah. It's just it's not you know it's not gorilla and chess. That's no, and no one is. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave it at number six. Yeah, that's a good ranking for a new WrestleMania newer. Yeah. Okay. Money in the Bank 11, Quinn, I'm going to throw this at you real quick. I have a bold statement about this. All right, why don't you say it then? I think it's just number 10. No. You know why? No. Because the card, that card is hideous other than the last match. I agree. But here's the only thing I have to say about it, okay? Okay. The Cena Punk thing is too good to leave it at number 10. Fair enough. Okay. I'm not opposed to raising it, but I don't see how it... Maybe it's more of a Canadian Stampede kind of level of like... It's very akin to Canadian Stampede. Yeah, yeah. Where you have a rabid hometown crowd that's there for one real reason. Right. But because of that anticipation and that buzz in the air, the fans are electric the whole night. That's true. That, I think, is part of the reason why there's a perception that Money in the Bank 11 is better than maybe it is. Yeah, I don't know how it won like pay-per-view of the year or whatever. Because again, I hate using this word, but contextually... It just felt good at the time, right? You yeah. had two fun spot fest ladder matches and, you know, you had Mark Henry won. I don't know. I think that I also think the whole wrestling world was very raw, no pun intended, yeah. but like literally very like very coming off the pipe bomb and how shocking it was. That's like, what I right. Mean. It was like they they wanted to see 
something fucking cool happen, right? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that the strength of that main event is what is giving it the push there because that kind of tied everything together. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's true. Okay. Um, so, let's put it above SummerSlam. I, I, yeah, SummerSlam's I, main event stinks. I've said that better. a million times. Yeah. I don't know if it's better or worse than Canadian Stampede, though. I haven't watched it enough. I saw it like once, I think. I mean, besides the Cena Punk thing, I've seen a million times. But I haven't really seen this pay-per-view enough to be totally objective. My biggest issue with Canadian Stampede is that there's like four matches. I just, I think that's like fucking unacceptable. Like, and let's put it above Canadian like, Stampede. Anytime it has to face anything near, like close to its level, it, it always gets stomped out because why is this like four matches? Like, yeah. it, it's like, how do you do that? Even if it is like a two hour and 40, that's insane to me. You know what? I think the only other problem with money that I want to put it above one night stand, but I don't think I can. I don't think so. Not at all. And here's the thing is great. And I mean it as great as the Cena punk thing is. And it is, in my opinion, that's a five star match and angle and everything execution. Nothing else on the show was of any real consequence. Yeah. The ECW one night stand is exactly what it should have been. It actually over delivered. Yeah. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So, if this was just strictly the main event of every show, Money in the Bank is close to the top as far as I'm concerned. But right. as an overall show, does anyone remember the Money in the Bank ladder match 11? Does anyone remember no. the when women's we, when match? When we sifted through that card, it was very whatever. It's very of its time and kind of forgettable, unfortunately. It's weirdly a commentary on what Sam Punk was saying anyway. In a lot like, of ways. Yeah, it's almost like the shittiness is the point. Yeah. like it, it, It's like, hey, look at all this crap, and then look at this ending. Yep. And then it's like, this is what it should be like. Right? Yeah. You know, that that's, that's the fucking point. I know. No, I know. And I doubt they're smart enough to write it that way, because they would have made the matches even worse on purpose. If they <laughs> that would have been bad, though. Yeah. Okay, so we're finalized yeah. here. Before we run them down, I know people like when we do this. Here's a few that just missed the cutoff. I'll run them down in descending order. Just missing the cutoff was SummerSlam 02. Huh. Very good pay-per-view. It's a return of Shawn Michaels in an excellent street fight against Triple H. Brock Lesnar beating the shit out of The Rock. It's I'm a, okay with that. It's a well-regarded pay-per-view. Yeah. This one also just missed it, Quinn. I know you and I would have been happy with this, but it's okay. WrestleMania 7. Excellent pay-per-view. Love it. Love very, that show. Very similar to 6 in yeah. that. Besides the Savage Warrior thing, nothing's... Well, no, that's not true. Uh, Warlord and Bulldog is amazing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's actually very good. Uh, WrestleMania 5 also just missed it. Eh. I've never, like, been a fan of that show. I don't really see that as, like, a top 10 show. I, I know people love that show, and it's probably... I never can understand it. Hogan Savage is great. Honestly, it's Su always, like, when 89 I, is better. When I flip it on, and, like, King Haku's coming out, and I'm like, I, what... What are we doing here? It's a fun show, yeah. but it's it's definitely better than four. Yeah. It, no, it's better than four. <laughs> it's up there. Royal Rumble 2000, which I know you would have loved to talk about. Oh, my God. I love that show. That show is super underrated. I love like, that, that show, That show too. is very, very good. Between the street fight with Cactus Jack and uh, Triple H and King in and the King Royal Rumble. King the Royal Rumble. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of things going on there. Triangle ladder match. I mean, it's yeah. very good. Kurt Angle versus Taz. Yeah. It's a fun show. Yeah. And then... WrestleMania 10, which should not have made it, so I'm glad it didn't. No. I mean, again. <laughs> we love it. We were happy with it. It's got two five-star matches, and the rest is like, boy, oh, boy, 1994 on display here. Yeah. Like, it's a 1994 parade. <laughs> like, just go look. Like, you might think it's good by the pay-per-views. It's not. It's not really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, folks, that will do it for this season on the Royal Rankings end of things. Obviously, next week, we will finalize the flush. So, let's run them down here once and for all. 
best WWF pay-per-views. Number one, WrestleMania X7. Two, WrestleMania 3. Three is SummerSlam 89. Four, Royal Rumble 92. Five, WrestleMania 6. Six, WrestleMania 30. Seven, ECW One Night Stand. Eight, Money in the Bank 2011. Nine, Canadian Stampede. And rounding it out where it should be, number 10. SummerSlam 91, that should be WrestleMania 7 there instead. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Anyway, folks, that is the best WWE pay-per-views in our scientific opinion here. Let us know yours. Do that on Twitter, at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, we are counting down to the crowning. That's right. A special edition of Monday Night Raw is coming up right after this. Do you honestly think that your heroes are as good as me? I've walked for miles inside this pit of danger. I can destroy anyone they put in front I've of me. Swallowed down a thousand years of I came back to be champion again. I am Batista. I'm your superhero. I'm the guy you pay to see. And this is my WrestleMania. wrestling fans it's time to shout out our friends of the show now these are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling kind of like ovp let's start with the best of southern fried wrestling we're talking filthy we're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast we're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the nwa each week and then for a whimsical journey led by one man pete winson Check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF, it might be WCW, it could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for being with us here for episode 249. 249! Well, thank you, Quinn. Yep. (laughs) Folks, we are reviewing something. Mm-hmm. We are doing it. Now, we are taking your suggestions for these. This is kind of a built-in one by Richard, but if you want us to review something specific, just go to our Facebook group. There is a pinned post called Specific Episode Review Request. Just put your request in there. Keep it an hour or less, and there's a good chance it will be reviewed on a future episode of OVP. Quinn, we're doing the WWF's Countdown to the Crowning. What is this? <laughs> is this just raw again? Yes. Okay. So this aired uh, in the Monday Night Raw time slot on June 13th, 1994. A lot of June 13th. Yep, June 13th. As we've done for WrestleMania with the March to WrestleMania right. and the Survivor Series Showdown and the SummerSlam Spectacular. This is a hype show uh, and a poor one at that. To, yeah. <laughs> to get they, they're, they're progressively getting worse. Yeah, they are. Like, they're just, they're nothing. They they're just really recap are. shows. They are. This is to get you ready for the big King of the Ring pay-per-view coming up in six days. Big. So, very in, big. In quotes. So to set the stage for you here, this is the new generation in full force. Right. Bret Hart is the world champion, had one at WrestleMania 10. We've got a new challenger on our hands. His name is Diesel. He's the Intercontinental Champion. Had won it from Razor Ramon after WrestleMania 10. Mm-hmm. In, in a surprising turn of events, honestly. It actually was, yeah, on Superstars. So we've got that going on. There's also an unfortunate feud, which we'll get to. That'll be in the main event of King of the Ring for reasons. Yeah. And there's a steroid trial very, very close to happening oh, here. Oh, it hasn't happened yet. No, it's very close. Oh, boy. I so, thought it was done no, by this point. not yet. I thought it was like right after WrestleMania. That's oh, right. Wow. It's right after this. Let's hope that, that Bill Clinton 
push didn't really tip the scales huh? <laughs> so with that said folks why don't we do it it is countdown to the crowning june 13th 1994 i know wf likes to do countdown shows but geez king of the ring seems too minor for this like I right agree. it's like it's not at all necessary <laughs> to have this like, i guess it's not right yeah they didn't have one for 93 so yeah Anyway, we get the usual Raw theme, but Quinn, a special intro this time. Yeah, like old-timey movie countdown graphics as opposed to the Raw graphics. I don't know what that has to do with... Because you're counting down. The royalty theme or whatever. True, but you're counting. It's counting. Oh, right. There's that. They could have had the count from Sesame Street. They should have... The whole thing should have just been the... It would have been fine if they used the King of the Ring music, yeah. But anyway, in the intro, you know, Razor, Brett, Diesel... Double J, Roddy Piper in his movie trailer, right. uh, IRS adjusting his tie, and then we see the King of the Rings spinny crown as we are welcomed by Vince McMahon and Randy Savage. Welcome everyone to Monday Night Raw, yeah. a very special edition of Monday Night Raw, I'm Vince McMahon, along with the macho man Randy Savage. From the dumpy all-American room again, also macho man not wrestling, <laughs> that's just regular no. <laughs> I mean, they are the raw hosts, Quinn, you know, Savage and Vince. I don't care. <laughs> he shouldn't be doing this. So at least this time in this room, there's King of the Ring logos. Yeah, it doesn't just them. say Monday Night Raw. Behind. <laughs> that, that was weird. Yeah. Like for the WrestleMania one, they can't get WrestleMania shit behind that was, them. That was weird. Uh, and they also have the King of the Ring tournament board behind them. King of the Ring is six days away, Father's Day. So Randy Savage says, you know, all the uh, fathers need, need to watch this because they're the kings of the castle. Please stop. <laughs> and it's six days from now and it's on Father's Day. Can you imagine the king of the castle with the other family members gathering around and watching the king of the ring? Savage doesn't have his glasses on, at least, though. They have swivel chairs making things look cheap, by the way. You notice that? Not stools or anything. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. There's some stool, don't you worry. Uh, but now... We're going right to our exclusive match for this gotta show. Gotta get it out of the way. <laughs> so we got to hype for the rest of this. That's right. So the WWF Tag Team Champions, the Head Shrinkers, are defending against the Quebecers. Wait, the Quebecers aren't the champs? Joe, what happened here? <laughs> well, not too long before this, uh, either the end of April, maybe aired in May. It was very soon after WrestleMania 10. The Head Shrinkers turned face. What? They wanted the title shot against the Quebecers. Lou Albano came out. And he's like, I feel so good. So proud. New tag team champions. So fine. Yeah, yeah, so fine. And he decided he was going to get in on the head shrinker mania that was sweeping the nation. That was really so popular. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Jacques and Pierre lost their tag straps to what? the head shrinkers. Yes. Aww. It's very unfortunate. But we now throw to the arena. This is Erie, Pennsylvania, by the way, if Ugh. you care. It- <laughs> and really scraping the bottom here huh <laughs> at a tv taping yeah in may this is from the end of may and stan lane welcomes us thank you Vince. And ladies and gentlemen we are set for wwf tag team title action we'll say one good thing bill dunn is thank the ring announcer goodness thank goodness that's a great thing you love him uh the quebecers fantastic music hits and johnny polo leads the challengers out all sweaty did they just wrestle like what is this you know i looked it up and no they didn't i don't know <laughs> they why look like they just worked out or something but i will say this quinn i looked at the results on this taping and in the first match it lists a tag team that i had no idea virgil teamed up and this wasn't aired with ray rougeau to what? wrestle a tag excuse match, me but it's oh, that's, that's very strange hi how are you virgil yeah. i would like to wrestle this one match in erie pennsylvania so Stan Lane Quinn is with 
Ted DiBiase. <sighs> what the hell is this shit? <laughs> nice of them to bring the A team, right? <laughs> is this a tag title match? Is they just got these guys here? <laughs> the challenge commentary team, I think they were at the time. Ted DiBiase is very, like, I don't have too many issues with him. Because no, he's he fine. oddly is not very heelish for a heel announcer. You ever notice that? He's really not that bad, right? Yeah. No, he's not. Uh, and Teddy says the winners here are going to face the most awesome team that he's ever seen, crushing Yokozuna. Regardless of who wins this match, the champions have got to go on and face the most awesome team that I have ever seen assembled in World Wrestling Federation history, Crush and Yokozuna. I guess he hasn't seen a lot of tag teams. It's a horrible team. <laughs> so the head shrinkers now take their entrance to a nice reaction here. Lou Albano, thin edition, by the way, leads them out with Alpha. Never liked how Lou horned in on this. I don't I know about you. Like, no, I never it just did. Bothered me. I'm gonna manage another tag team champions, Vinny, or whatever he did. I guess you that's know? why he was at WrestleMania 10. Yeah, he was getting ready to come in. That's what it was. Yep. So the head shrinkers have the friendlier, like face haircuts. You know right. what I mean? Their hair is nicer. <sighs> Alpha talks to the camera for fun. By the way, Samu finally having a belt for real makes me happy. Like yes. not not like co tag champ or whatever that was. Like y- yeah, because in the '83 canon, folks, the Samoans were the tag champs. Like it was the interchangeable thing, but Samu didn't actually like win the belt. No. So he technically wasn't officially the tag team champion, even though he most of the time defended the belt for them. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So Samu making a, a real run with. With the belts here we like it mm-hmm. and this is during the era by the way folks where the lights are off for like every single entrance it's very new gen oh don't worry there there's some weirdness with that later yeah so lou albano went off and get the shrinkers ready lou was doing the fucking mario by the way in the <laughs> middle of the ring why does alpha trust lou can i just ask that question doesn't he remember that chair shot from 83 or whatever you know that's a fair point actually yeah. I mean, although it was an accident I understand that, and they all always forgive, and I still wouldn't, like, bring him in, right? It was, it's like, we love you, Lou, but you might get, like, carried away or something That's in the true. middle of the match and, like, get a chair, because you're Lou. He's very Lou. Yeah. Is he Lewis or You're Lou? not Lewis here. You're definitely Lou. Definitely With the Lou. fucking members-only coat on. That's right. <laughs> Referee's going to be Joey Morello with the long sleeves. Meanwhile, Alpha shows off the shrunken head and gives it to Tony Chimmel, like, all slyly gives old. Him, he, he gives him a, a talking to when he gives <laughs> he, that thing to him. He, he yeah, you be careful with that, Tony you, Chimmel. You, <laughs> it's true. So Jacques and Samu start proud shove by Jacques. Punches by Samu. Irish whip by Samu. Leaf rod by Jacques. He goes down for a monkey flip, but Samu just lands a falling headbutt. Jacques then rolls over to Pierre for comfort while Polo's calling timeout. Jacques hugging Pierre's foot. I love him. Like, that is the most Jacques Rougeau shit right there. <laughs> hugging his feet. Even though they're not champions anymore, you can't, like, work that out of Jacques Rougeau, oh, right? Yeah, like, he's yeah. just, he does, he has a way of doing things, and this is that way. Very Jacques Rougeau. Yep. Fatu went out with Pierre, who gets clubbed down. Body slam reversed by Pierre to a roll-up for two. Huge clothesline by Pierre, and we get that awesome 360 sell by Fatu. Pierre with the proud celebration after that. You notice that? Yes. Wow. Did you see that? Tremendous clothesline. Irish whip by Pierre, duck under, flying forearm by, by Fatu. Polo then takes his jacket off, and he fans Jacques off with the jacket. It's amazing. Meanwhile, Lou Albano's all happy. Jacques is in. Tessa's strength, fake out, and a boot by Jacques. Irish whip by Fatu, duck under, and he slams Fatu's head down and yells. But of course, Fatu pops right up with an awesome thrust kick. Nice pop for that. Pierre wanders in and just gets power slammed. We go to break, but here the commercials are too clipped up to really mention. I'm not going to. Yeah, I, I didn't even take notes because they were all just all over the yeah, place. They're not worth it, really. Yeah. Back to the action now where Polo trips Samu and Jacques capitalizes. Stanley and hates it. DiBiase, by the way, Quinn, 
is about 140 times better as an announcer than he was at Royal Rumble. Yeah, I'll give him credit. He's not bad. He's not bad at all. Dumpy double chin lock by Jacques on the mat as Afa tries to like ramp up the crowd. It's weird seeing him do that. I just don't buy the head shrinkers as faces, sadly. I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, they get cheered and everything. Right. It's not like they weren't over. They should be the cool heels, right? That's to me what they are. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? They're heels that you don't mind giving them a little round of applause when they do some cool shit. Right. But like, I don't want to like care about them. You don't like, want to see them yeah, be I mean, in the you know, faces in peril. And yeah, I, I don't want to see that. Yeah. I have no desire to see that. Jacques tries to stomp on Samu, but he gets a boot to a lower Quebec there, and he sells that wonderfully, of course. Mm-hmm. Hot tag to Fatu, but Morellis somehow didn't see it. How? I don't know. It's like very in front of his face. <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense. It's almost like it was like accidentally too in front of his face, and he had to like pretend because it was that, that part of the match. I honestly think that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. It was, he's right there. What do you yeah. mean you didn't see that? Yeah. Jacques goes back after Samu, though, and holds him for Pierre. Stan Lane calls that a miscarriage of justice. Don't be doing gorilla lines, Stan. You're not gorilla. Uh, yeah. Pierre is in. Hard whip and a cover gets one. By the way, no tag for Pierre on that one. <laughs> he just came in. Yeah. Morella's fine with that. Yeah, was okay. Because that? <laughs> that's the spot they're doing. It was just weird. It, got, it, it just got fucked up. It got fucked up, I think. Tag back to Jacques. Double whip, double boot. Jacques body slams Pierre onto Samu, which I love. And we get a hoot hoot chance. Like, is that the official chant of face head shrinkers? Like, I'm not sure. Like, this is what we do now. We say hoot hoot. That's what they. That's what happened. What are they owls? What yeah, is hoot 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 hoot. That's that's the new that's the new hotness. Who started that chant? Alpha on the outside. I don't know. He said hoot a lot. Hoot hoot <laughs> hoot hoot. Body slam by Jacques, and he tags in Pierre for the Tower of Quebec. Oh, they're finished. I love that move. They set it up, and Samu moves. Both men now down now, and Pierre gets the tag in. Double whip on Samu. Samu. Duck under. Double drop kick by Samu. Good. Very good. <laughs> Samu clears Jacques from the ring. Fatu gets in. Double face buster by the head shrinkers. Fatu goes up now on top. Samu stands there, of course, in the corner and poses. We get the big splash by Fatu. Nailed it. Nailed Absolutely it. nailed it. Yes! And then Johnny Polo wanders in as the lights go out and the shrinkers grab him by the neck. Aw. This is so weird that the lights, like, yeah. right away, they're like, oh, shit, the music's on. Yeah, turn the lights uh-huh. off. That was odd. So what's funny is, as the head shrinkers are collaring Johnny Polo, right? Bill Dunn, by the way, is calmly announcing the winner. <laughs> and the winner, you know. Not, double whip by the shrinkers and then Alpha lands a Samoan drop yeah, on Polo. Yeah, nice. That was strange, right? <laughs> I never seen him do offense past the 90s. Yeah, we past 1990 or whenever he yeah, stopped 80, wrestling. 80-something. Yeah. I had no problem with any of this, honestly. I had a problem with Lou looking like a stuffed animal <laughs> celebrating with them. Like, what's this big horn getting in here? Like, like what is this? I know. He was never their manager. It's like a Muppet. Is this- <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, is- <laughs> yeah. Is this to you kind of similar to how like Fuji guided Yoko to the world title and then Cornette yes. came in. It's the same shit where it's like <laughs> these people that don't belong here. Alpha's their longtime manager. Right. He's been with them the whole time and Lou's like, no, I did it. Yeah, what the fuck happened? I also think he looks like a stuffed animal because now that he's thin, his head looks too big. Yes, it's like his head's like kind of hanging off <laughs> his body. He's like, hi, I'm on me. Jay Leno. Yeah, manager Henry. Yeah. Over here. Anyway, Office slams the Shrinkers' heads together for fun as we get a replay, which DiBiase does fairly well. It's a long opener, huh? 
There's no more matches just there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my immediate thought when that opener is long. I'm like, this this is all they got. We're going to have to see. Yeah. Stan throws us back to the crappy room. Savage now has his sunglasses on. And apparently Johnny Polo has to get his goatee shaved as a result of the match here. What? I don't know. Is that made, a stipulation we think, were unaware of? I think so. He made some bet or something. Okay. So uh, Vince asks Randy Savage who's going to have the tag titles after King of the Ring. And the Macho Man picks the Head Shrinkers. And he says that they're his favorite team of all time, past, what? present, and future. Uh, okay. It's a bold statement. Hey, at least he tries to put over the new talent. Yeah. You got to give him that. We now get a very proud promo from the challengers, including Fuji and Cornette. Okay. Quite a collection of, of doofs here. Right. right? Yeah. Cornette in the hideous, like, yellow mustard jacket. Crush talks first, and he's like, Head Strikers, congratulations, brothers. Congratulations, brothers. And right away, I don't care because Crush is talking. Like, I stopped, I, I tuned out of this promo immediately. Crush is still, uh, they're still doing things with Crush in the <sighs> summer of 94, huh? Just, it needs to, it just needs to end, Joe. <laughs> it really does. He's so bad. Uh, Cornette says the head shrinkers just aren't going to lose a wrestling match, but because they turn their backs on their island brothers or whatever, they're screwed. He says something about, I, I don't know, it's a whole island thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Because Crush is from Hawaii and... I guess they're just saying, like, fuck it, Yoko's Samoan. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what they're going for. And uh, he also calls Lua Bato a walking Salvation Army, which is a funny line. <laughs> Yoko, by the way, is making hilarious faces. He looking like Abe Laboreal Jr. <laughs> Fuji looking all happy, too. Yeah. How that good. It's <laughs> all part of the plan. <laughs> and then Yoko with a very stern bonsai as we fade back to Savage and Vince. Bonsai! <laughs> We now plug the King of the Ring hotline in case you have some cash to spare. We're poor. Please give us money. Please. <laughs> like that every time. Guess what, though? We got the special number this time. one 454 king Very good. Are you going to speak to Jerry Lawler? <laughs> <laughs> what? Do you want to? Yeah. I don't mind king. I might. I, you could just say the joke. Read the joke book for me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call a fish with no eyes? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we fade. <laughs> see, you liked it. We fade to break where a commercial is cut out again. We get the new generation promo. This is where, you know, there's the sappy old music featuring a bunch of old fucks in black and white. Yeah, and then, like from like the 20s. Yeah. And then hip modern stuff like Mabel. There's also some weird guy who isn't a wrestler just playing a guitar <laughs> as wrestlers are shown doing. Like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> who is that guy? Hot metal music. By the I don't way, know. he also looks 45, that guy. So not really new gen. No. This no. is their new campaign, and I hate it. Tap into the future. Experience the new WWF generation. Back to Vince, who says that the World Wrestling Federation does not live in the past. He's sitting next to Randy Savage. Yep. Savage at least says, like, I'm the one that bridges the gap between the generations. What is this crap? Like, what? It's, I hate it. Well, I know you don't like Savage just doing commentary while right. they do this, right? I, I just, this is what, this is it. <laughs> this, this, well, yeah, our wrestlers are new-ish. Like, yeah. They're not guys that were built up since the 80s at all, like Bret Hart. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Shawn Michaels has yeah. been there since 1988 also. Yeah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Quinn... Hulk Hogan had just literally did the public contract signing two days before this. You know, the thumbs up. And right. Gene so and, they're in paranoid mode where yeah. they're like defensive uh, mode. It's like, well, they picked up that old dinosaur Hulk Hogan yep. as Randy Savage sits there. Exactly. Who's older, by who, the way. Who they need to insult yeah. more. Good thing they're not going to have any old guys wrestling at King of the Ring. Right. That's a good thing. Uh, Vince, you, know what, you know what's always a bad idea? What? Is to say like the people that the people that came before are just old and pointless right and i'll tell you why that's a bad idea go ahead 
because if they're still drawing, nobody cares. About how old they are? Yeah. If they're still drawing, then all everyone sees is you don't have the good talent. That's a very good point. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's why this always came off as like stupid. It came off as desperate, like, oh, we just don't have anybody. And that's that's the reason why we're going to say this. They wish they could live in the past right now. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. Mm -hmm. They're past buy rights. They're past attendance. Yeah. They're past money. They're past pop culture permeation. Absolutely, Quinn. But Vince now mentions how last Thursday night we had the WWF Hall of Fame induction ceremony. This Speaking is- of old people, <laughs> yeah. new generation, Joe. Yeah, we don't live in the past. By the way, we had the Hall of Fame. Yeah. This is the first official ceremony. Andre was the first inductee in uh, 93. Right, the special yeah. dinner or something. I don't know. It was just they said it, I okay. think. But this is the first actual ceremony. And I like this. We throw to some clips with Lord Hayes doing the voiceover, which Again, is perfect. new generation. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the timing is so bad here, by the way. Yeah. We were privileged to attend the World Wrestling Federation Hall of Fame inductions. James Dudley was inducted. Okay. Buddy Rogers. Very good. That very, very good. earned. Yep. Bobo Brazil. Yep. Arnold Skoland. Mm-hmm. Of course. Classy Freddie Blassie. I'm fine with that. Okay. Chief J. Strong. Hell yes. <laughs> very good. And of course, Gorilla Monsoon. Fuck yes. That, these are great <laughs> It's things. a good class, man. Yeah, I don't mind this class. And this, I don't know how Arnie just gets in there, though. He what? The same the same reason that uh, all the other guys did. Yeah. He was there for a long time. He was Bruno's manager, Backlund's manager. It makes sense. Andre's Confidant. handler. Andre's handler. Yeah. yeah. And this is obviously when it was banquet style, which I love. Mm-hmm. And we see Regis talking to Randy Savage. Regis in the house. Let it be known. <laughs> That's awesome. The first real ceremony. Regis. That's great. How is he not in the Hall of Fame? How the fuck is he not in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Hell, he-, he fucking hosted the Hall of Fame first. <laughs> he should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. And he's talking to the Macho Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Backlund is with George Steele. Tony Gurria by himself. Very fitting. Uh, we see Ernie Ladd hugging Bobo Brazil. That was a great moment. It's nice for him to come and his friend. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. He yeah. loved Bobo Brazil. Yeah. Alondra with the frizzy hair, the mm-hmm. fancy frizz. Savage speaks at the podium while Linda's kind of just sitting there. With her 90s hair, <laughs> like her early 90s, where she's still like the 80s are fading out of Linda's hair. Isn't she like Stephanie's age now? Almost. Probably. She's like 45 here. Stephanie's going to be 45. It's crazy. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Linda does look younger here. I'm not kidding. Yeah, she like, does. She doesn't look old or anything. No, she like, doesn't. And this is when the Hall of Fame actually seemed like it would always matter. Right. Because of the class they treated with. They almost treat it like a closed parody. Yeah. Like, we're not showing you the whole thing. No. Here's it, some it, highlights. It's special. Yeah. Although that that made the fans want to get into it more, I think. Yeah, it's like they the ruined exclusiveness some of, of it. Yeah. I know. Brett says, you know, it's a great feeling to look at everyone here because I see myself being able to pass the torch. <sighs> He had a Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. uh, clip of Gorilla saying, tonight, you flatter and honor me at this induction ceremony, and I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. All nice. I love him. I know. He meant that. Yep. Tonight, you flatter and honor me at this induction ceremony, and I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart because this is the pinnacle of my career, no question about it. We get to see Regis now telling a story about Freddie Blassie. I love it. <laughs> Fucking Yes, he's so good. He, I got my finger broken. And yeah. he shows he's like, look, there's the bump. <laughs> Grabbed my jacket, began ripping it to shreds. I ran up to save my jacket. He broke my finger. There it is right there. See that bump? 
Freddie Blassie now says in 1935 for his first match. Good Lord. That sounds like something Jesse Ventura would say as a joke. Right. You know, <laughs> or Bobby. You know, it's weird. Blassie was one of those guys that I just never realized how fucking old he was. Like, even when I was a kid, I could never fathom yeah. that he was wrestling that long. And it's also because he was still an active manager until like 86 Right. So Whereas, you're like, oh, what did he wrestle in the 60s or something? Yeah, and right, he just right. has gray hair early. Like, that's the most I thought. But no, no, no. He's like old, yeah. old. Like, there's a reason that Vince always kept him around. Right. Always treated them with Cause respect. Because he, he lived through like the time when it literally was a carny yeah. shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he what, like he's a rare person that actually has seen it from beginning to end. Yeah. You know? He's a true all timer for right, yeah. in all seriousness. And I like how he's like, I received one dollar. Remember that, you pencil neck geeks. That was funny. Remember about that, you pencil neck geek. One dollar. That's probably a true. That's probably yeah. not an exaggeration. No, it's probably true. They Seriously. Would, they would stiff these guys all the time back Absolutely. then. Absolutely. Yeah. I loved all of this, Quinn. Actual class in this one. Yeah, it was very nice. It really was. Back to Vincent Savage now. Savage says it was the greatest thing that he's ever been a part of and that they should do more of it. He's not wrong. I know. They should listen to Randy Savage. They here. should. Sideway to Bret Hart now. He'll be taking on Diesel at King of the Ring, you know. And Randy thinks, you know, Bret Hart's great, but Diesel's actually going to take the title from him. Hmm. All right. Bret also is going to have a mystery family member in his corner. But two weeks ago on Raw, Bret was on <laughs> the King's Court. Oh, this should be good. Yeah. <laughs> King. Yeah, with King. Yeah. So King's in his blue and white robe here. He taunts Bret about what happened last year. He's <laughs> funny. He's like, remember? Remember? Like, all annoying. Remember when... When King gets to interact with Bret Hart, it's like amazing. It's always good, it's right? always good. It's yep. never bad. It's always good. Even in 95, it's yeah. good. Bret gets all pissy, puts his belt down, starts stalking toward the King who gets all scared. Hey, okay, <laughs> this is just a talkie segment. <laughs> <laughs> but King's like, wait, wait, wait. Let me bring out the real guest, Diesel. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And we cut now to Sean and Diesel in the ring. Sean flanking him like all hilarious, yeah. like doing the like pointy and like, he's so good. See, but I'm the best. But like, no, he's actually the wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Cause this is during Sean's like four month hiatus where he was just managing diesel hiatus. from wrestling. For what was that about? He just wanted to, he just wanted to not wrestle for a while. <laughs> so he didn't, I guess he was still mad about the fucking like McDonald's no, and all that. Like, I think he just wanted some time off. Not that he had no time off in fucking September to November, but anyway, Diesel, of course, the Intercontinental Champion here. King wants to know if Brett's lost his mind agreeing to face Diesel at King of the Ring. And mm -hmm. Brett says, in the King of the Ring, <laughs> Diesel is going to find out why. He's the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Diesel says that Bret Hart is going to get the VIP treatment at King of the Ring. Very intense pain. Very intense pain. What, did Vince write that line? That's horrible. Suffering suck attack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. So Brett tries to talk, and this is funny. Sean butts in with a, I got news for you, pal. Yeah. Hey, I got news for you, pal. And as Sean's saying that, Diesel lands a sucker punch and then lands a jackknife. So Diesel and Sean are just stomping on Brett now. Fuck yes. Okay. No, very bad. What? King, though, is hilarious here. He's like, can I get a little bit of that? Yeah. <laughs> and then he just stomps on Brett also, because fuck it. Can I get a little bit of that? King is <laughs> that just, was great. He's so like just man. He's so underrated to me. Like, really is, is Jerry Lawler really underrated though? 
Do you think? I think he is because everyone just think? thinks of him as the guy with a stupid shirt on and stuff right well, now. He's also that. He's also that, but I just, it, you know what it is? For a long time. It, it's, it's about the whole thing that bothers me about what happened to King through the years is like people forgot how like just good he was. He's at his best, like, even before the WWF, obviously. I understand that, but even here, he's, he's still great. He's like, still good in the WWF, yes. He just, is. It's frustrating when people just talk shit about King all the time to me. If he would have stopped announcing, like, 15 years ago, yeah, that might have been better for his legacy. I think he's kind of that guy. He just loves it. Like he loves yeah, he being, does because he, he loves it. He loves being part of wrestling, and he, he I, I've I seen interviews with him, and honestly, I don't have a problem with If that's what he wants to do in, no, you know, in his later years... He should be allowed to do it. He's given so much back to the industry. I'm going to give you a weird comparison, but he's very much like Paul McCartney in yeah. that McCartney is is 79 years old now, still releasing albums, still right. touring, because he loves it. Right. It might not be his best music ever, but if right. Paul McCartney likes to make music, then why not? Exactly. You know, he he, he already made his money and can make whatever music he wants, Correct. right? It's like, it's really, it's not, you don't have to buy it, right? You don't Correct. have to like, like what King's doing, you. but yeah. it also doesn't mean like Paul McCartney sucks now, right? right? It's like, or King sucks now. Agreed. Like, that's all I'm saying. That's a fair take. Yeah. Bunch of referees run out, but Diesel scares them all off. This is actually a really good segment. Mm-hmm. And then Gurria, Dave Hebner, Rene Goulet have arrived, so now you know it's serious. And then, oh shit, Jack Lanza. Well, thank goodness he's there, because then everything really starts to settle down. <laughs> Let me guess, Chief will be out here any minute once he <laughs> drags himself his way. If it, if it gets that bad... But, he's always the last one like waddling see out. i think it's i think it's on purpose because everyone knows if he starts to dance it's fucking over oh, that's true yeah, yeah. well building will shake <laughs> yeah well it's an added effect in in the older years or maybe it's the hierarchy of the officials like first you have the refs then dave hebner and then goulet and Gurria. there might be joe and then like Jack Lanza's serious, but then Chief is like, whoa. Here's the thing, is from watching the canon, Joe, we we also know that Chief is, like, pretty fucking serious if he gets right. it. Like, he, you do not fuck with him. Even the old man Chief, you it's, don't fuck with it's him. scary. You know kind of like Ivan Putsky. Yep. Yeah. You know, the worst case would be if, if Chief is enough gorilla coming out. Oh, that's like the last line of defense, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, get the fuck uh, out yeah. of here! <laughs> you know? Like, especially if they, like, try to punch Chief. Oh, yeah, you don't like, do that. get, hey. Your handle gets stuck. Yeah. Anyway, we fade to uh, Bret Hart with a promo from the green screen. He's like, you know, I don't give a fuck about what the Diesel says. And he says, Lawler and Michaels attacked me like a pack of wild jackals. I hope you're proud of yourselves. You attacked me like a pack of wild jackals. Not hyenas, which is surprising to me. I, I couldn't believe he didn't. You know, there are a bunch of hyenas. Different uh, canine, I yeah. guess. <laughs> Brett says, in the king of the ring. Once again. And promises that he's going to have a family member with him. Is it Keith? That would help. <laughs> well, we know it ain't Bruce. Yeah. That's for sure. He doesn't like Bruce. No, I'll help. Yeah. Oh, I'll help Brett, sure. He's a Kermit. <laughs> like, yeah. Mispected. Anyway, we go to break and we get a quick commercial that is again clipped out. Back to Vic and Savage here to promote the magazine briefly, of course. That was like two seconds long. They're like, I get it. Yeah, look, magazine. Yeah. We're promised some footage now of the first four people that qualified for the tournament. Whoopee. (laughs) Amazing. So on May 7th, Scott Steiner, still there, was taking on IRS. Scotty tried a sunset flip, but IRS grabbed the ropes. Mike Kyoto saw it, though, so Scott reversed the sunset flip again, but IRS re-reversed and put his feet on the ropes for <sighs> the win. Still pushing him, huh? Still pushing you, him. You, you asked this question now also. Like, it's, it's leaked over to you. This They're still pushing him, huh? Oh, yeah. They're still going, yeah. IRS. Uh, <sighs> meanwhile, on the 14th of May, Pierre 
tried to body slam Mabel, but the big guy fell on top for a two count. Mabel then landed a fucking boss man slam. Good. <laughs> that was awesome. It was. So we'll have IRS versus Mabel. Meanwhile, back on May 9th, Razor Ramon easily kicked Quang's ass with a razor's edge. Quang, really? <laughs> Quang? Well, Quang is managed by who, Quinn? Harvey Whippleman, which go. means he sucks. Yeah. Why'd they even give Quang a shot? <laughs> like, that's... He doesn't deserve to be in this show. <laughs> He's crap. Yeah. Then on May 16th, Sparky Plug was taking... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> was taking on Bam Bam Bigelow. Or Quang people. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Luna may have interfered briefly. I don't I don't care. I'm fine with it. And then Bam Bam hit what Vince calls the Bigelow flop. Yeah, I was actually perplexed by this, Joe, because is that what it's called? Because I've never even really known what its name actually is. I've never heard it called that. That's for you folks where he's on the apron and he slingshots over Which the ropes. Which was his finisher in like 88 or whatever. He did it in 88, yeah. yeah. But did it to one man gang when Jack Kruger was counting him out. The Bigelow flop. Is that actually the name? Because I've so. never heard a name. That's the only reason I was like, I know it sounded stupid, but also I was like, that could be the name because I've never heard it said what it is. It doesn't need to be called that. Though. Yeah. It doesn't need to. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, we're going to have Razor versus Bam Bam. But now promotional consideration is paid for by Bret Hart for Icapro brand diarrhea. Yeah. Nerf jarts. They're, they're lawn darts, if you care. Jarts. Uh, jarts. That's what they're called. Ugh. And of course, Street Fighter 2 Special Champion Edition hates Mortal Kombat. It's funny because Blanca now has decided to jump out of the Street Fighter cart and kick Mortal Kombat cart, not the game. Yeah, the cart. The, cart, the cart's ass. The cart. He like his man just like fucking Mortal Kombat like comes <laughs> out. Like, yeah, it's like you assholes <laughs> thinking you're all good with your blood and shit. We did this shit first. What the hell? <laughs> Back to Vincent Savage now, who say that when they return, we're gonna find out how the other four qualified. Didn't they just return? Why do they do this? I don't, I don't know. Back to break. We get a Twix commercial, which is quickly cut off. Mm-hmm. And we come now to Todd plugging Bret Hart versus Owen Hart in a 60-minute marathon match. Plus, Randy Savage versus Jerry Lawler. Tatanka versus IRS. Oh, boy. July 8th at the Meadowlands and July 9th at the Nassau Coliseum. Oh, they're doing it twice. It's so good. It's so good. I've never seen those Brett Owens. I think there's a fan cam, maybe. I can't remember. Sure. They're probably house show matches. They're probably pretty good, though. An hour of yeah. Brett versus Owen? Jeez. Back to Vincent Savage now. To talk about how on May 21st, Jeff Jarrett was facing Lex Luger in a qualifier. Jeff, Jeff Jarrett being annoying as usual. <laughs> and then Crush wandered out to throw Luger into the steps. This pissed me off. <laughs> Two people I don't like. Like, getting something good on somebody with good music. That's this true. Is, this is guy who sucks at music. Yeah. Well, Crush. Yeah. Or Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett. Anyway, Earl sucks too, so he missed all this, and Luger got counted out. Good Lord, not Jeff Jarrett. Yes, Why would they Jeff put Jarrett. him in the tournament? <laughs> and man, Quinn, Lex Luger can never catch a break. Yeah, but to be fair, this is like big time Crush being extra annoying here. No, but Luger wins by countout at mm-hmm. SummerSlam 93, wins a Bozo Survivor Series match, co-wins the Rumble, loses to Yoko. That's Mr. Perfect. Yep. And can't qualify for the fucking King of the Ring. Is he like the most screwed over superstar of this generation? Like, he's very, he gets screwed like a lot. I think Bret Hart would like a word with that, but. <laughs> yeah, but Bret got screwed later. This is like during this era. <laughs> oh, during the new gen? Yeah. This yeah. Is, I mean, Luger gets the screw way too much. Doesn't even get to win at King of the Ring 93. No wonder he just goes to WCW. At least, it, you know, they don't screw me here. Like, you know, they don't screw me here. <laughs> you know, they don't screw me here. Yeah. <laughs> so, WCW never did this shit to him. No, they booked him very well. Yeah. On May 28th, though, Adam Bomb 
What? <laughs> Your disdain for Adam Bomb is hilarious. He sucks. Like, well, then why do people say that he was good or something? When you know? did they on, ever say that? On Twitter, he was underrated. He was awesome. Are you kidding me? I've seen it. You, I wish people just saw my face. That is that is a bold face lie. Don't watch the raw video. To he was never ever good. He had a good look. He had a good look. That's it. Yeah. You need and he's something like a else. mutant baby from from my island yeah. or something. Yeah, I don't know. There. Yeah. So he's tall. But he's also like in his 20s, so of course he's tall. You're right. You get taller when you get older. Yeah. He's a great look and was not a good wrestler or talker. You need two of those three. And he only had one. Horrible. That's the problem. Anyway, he was facing the one, two, three kid. Quang wandered out to help because the Harvey Whippleman connection. <sighs> but he wound up hitting bomb with the mist instead. Thank goodness. Yeah, the kid got the pin. So we'll have double J versus the kid. Just uh, one more note on Adam Bomb. Oh, go ahead. If they decided that his name was Duke the Dumpster, I would never be able to tell the difference. Duke's a better wrestler. That's the difference. They're both the same thing to me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Very new gen, very pointless. Very, yeah. They look, the look is similar. They're just in different costume. Like the, the costume is, is you exactly could literally right. like have a day where they flipped costumes, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. There might be a little bit of truth all Duke to that. has to put is grease in his hair, and Adam Bomb takes the grease out. They're the same thing. Yeah, and switch the clothes. Huh? Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, Doink was now taking on Owen Hart. Hi, I'm Doink! But Jeff Jarrett wandered out, and <laughs> this is actually funny. He picks up Dink and just steals him, so Owen Hart got the pin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> What an amazing ending. I hate Jeff Jarrett, but that's funny. He just steals Dink. He yeah. just picks him up over his shoulder. And he just, doesn't he put him down at the end, too? He doesn't even, like... I don't know. He doesn't really... Because he doesn't want to... He wants Dink. Dink. He doesn't want Dink. He's, yeah. just, he's just, like, picks him up just briefly, just to kind of annoy Doink. Hey, put me down. Yeah. So, we also needed to have a second Lumberjack match to what? settle Crush versus Tatanka because the first one ended with some chicanery. So, on Raw, we have a Lumberjack match here. And during this, I like this, Lex Luger wandered out to beat up Crush while Duke Drozzy, speaking him, and Mabel approved of the whole thing. The faces must have had enough of Crush. <laughs> By the way, everyone's like cheering Crush getting fucked up. Yeah, they're like, like literally, yeah, like everyone in this arena, the wrestlers, all of them are just like, enough already. Like, you suck. <laughs> Go away. Yeah. So Luger even knocked out Crush with the forum, and then the smoking guns happily tossed Crush in the wind so Tatanka could get the pin. All the faces celebrate, which was nice, yeah, I guess. Not the fucking Crush. That's it. Was Tatanka on some kind of, like, losing streak after the winning streak? Because that, that's what the gist of this that I got for some reason that I can't explain. He's just grumpier in general. But yeah. he's not really on a losing streak. He's okay, because that's why moody. I thought they were all cheering him. It's kind of like that time. Like, remember when Derek Jeter couldn't hit the ball for, like, like a while? For <laughs> You remember that whole thing? Yes. Like, like, a guy that bats, like, 300 traditionally. He goes on this, like, big, like... He's hitting, like, 193 or something. A big, horrible losing streak for... And, like, remember when he finally broke it and it was, like, this big thing? Kind of. They made, like, a big deal out of it. I feel like this happened in multiple seasons, though, so I don't know. Really? Yeah. Oh, I feel like the main... I'm thinking the main one when he still was, like, at his prime. 04? And everyone just kind of felt bad. The 04 season. Yeah. When A-Rod was also crappy to start. Yeah. Yeah. And it just... I, I That always stuck out with me. But they, I remember being, like, an event I remember where that. they thought he was going to get the hit. I do remember yeah. that, actually. Uh, so... That's everyone for the tournament, Quinn. But how much do all of them weigh, Joe? That's the question, right? <laughs> you know, I hope we get some answers on that this weekend. It's a very King weird question, but don't worry. I think it'll be settled. Okay. We now cut to a shitty segment of Randy Savage picking the winners one by one of the entire tournament. <laughs> so first, we got IRS is going to defeat Mabel due to taxes or something. Something like that, yeah. Bam Bam defeats Razor Ramon using osmosis. Okay. 
I, that, that seems accurate. <laughs> this is funny. Vince is like, the old osmosis trick. <laughs> Vince acting like it's normal. Yeah, that was actually good. The old yeah. osmosis trick. Yeah, that's right. Double J is going to get by the one, two, three kid because of toe tricks. What? And because he's slightly quicker. What? Than the kid? That is that is just a lie. He's the fastest man in the WWF. Kid, yeah. And Dink. Yeah. yeah, Dink might be a little fat. The smaller you are in WF, the faster you are. That's true. Usually, so Dink would obviously be faster like than a cheetah kid. or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Another fun, yeah. Another funny exchange here. Vince is like, "I thought you had money on the one, two, three kid." I did. I lost. <laughs> that was good. And finally, Owen Hart's gonna lose to Tatanka. What? <laughs> that's just wrong. And Chief J Strombo is very happy. Yeah, he keeps saying that. <laughs> like that's he says throughout Tatanka's run in this tournament that Chief is somehow involved. Yeah, it's it's weird. Semifinals now. Bam Bam's gonna defeat IRS, which makes sense because Bam Bam doesn't care about taxes. Yep. See, that's what gets him past. IRS, yeah, yes. IRS, as, IRS. As Randy Savage says, he just don't care, care. Yeah. Numbers just don't add up, and Bam Bam doesn't care if he gets audited or not, and right. he advances to the final. Okay. Yeah, he just doesn't care, care. Mm-hmm. This Tata- is a weird segment. Can I yes. just say that? Tataka is doing the war dance. Chief J Strongbow is happy, but Double J pins him. Are we serious <laughs> over here? Why is he giving so much weight to Double J? I don't know. I mean, Chief is the one with the weight. Anyway, hey. now Chief J Strongbow is very mad at Tatanka, Savage says. Okay. Okay, so we're going to have, get a load of this. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Double J in the finals, according to Randy Savage. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> and he's like, what the, the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> But they're going at it like two Brahma Bulls. But Double J sees a talent scout in the crowd from Music City. So Bam Bam wins. But Double J gets a big country and Western contract. He gets to sing the last little thing we hear at King of the Ring. And he's horrible. (laughs) And he gets to sing the last little thing that we hear at the King of the Ring. And he's horrible. (laughs) <laughs> what an explanation! <laughs> and he's horrible. And he's horrible. <laughs> okay, this actually turned out to be an incredible segment. Yeah. Uh, we go to break and we plug Roddy Piper versus Jerry Lawler as part of the new generation. Why the fuck would King mess with Roddy Piper just on the side here? Oh, good what point. was he even thinking? Like, he knows Piper is fucking nuts, right? Yeah, like, King's not nuts. Yeah. He can't compete with Piper on that yeah. level. Seriously, like... You know the weird thing about how this is presented, and I know people hate this new generation. It's not new generation, blah, 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 right? Yeah, because um, it's not. It's horrible. on an aside, the storyline makes sense weirdly because, again, what? only because King is, what is he doing here? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, he deserves Roddy Piper to come beat the shit out of him. He's been saying he hates him since WrestleMania 10. Right. Literally. Yeah. Like, honestly, I don't mind this. It just shouldn't be the main event. It's I- like, I want to see Roddy Piper beat up King. Everyone wants to see somebody beat up King. Sure. And I know we're going to talk more about this this weekend on uh, the King of the Ring review, but I need to know something because I just started watching wrestling literally right after this show. So what I need to know, folks, is did any of you care about this? Because I can't tell. I don't know. You know what I mean? So My, My thought is people were like just the way King's character is that people were always fed up with King. So any opportunity to see him get his ass handed to him was welcome. Probably like, it's just that I, I I don't know because it was like literally King of the ring. had just ended when I started watching. Right. So I don't know if there's any one that was looking forward to this. When we review the show, I'm curious, um, if you know what the fan um, reaction is at the, in the live crowd, are they like, are they like, yeah, you get him, Roddy Piper. Like, you know what I mean? You'll see. (laughs) I remember. I don't. 
That's okay. Back to Vincent Savage, where Randy predicts the Piper's going to win. Yeah, you think? Uh, Vince thinks King might have something up his sleeve, though. Promotional consideration is now paid for by Champions World Class Soccer for Super Nintendo and Genesis. It's called Football Might. Mm-hmm. Remington Triple Foil. It's new. <laughs> it's a fucking shaver. Why do they always do this? I know. All it does is take the hair off your face. It's just like the, the whole obsession with like new designs and stuff. It's like people, men have been shaving their face forever. Or Since women have been shaving their legs forever. Like, you know, whatever you're, whatever you're deciding to have a fucking shaver for, humans have been shaving hair forever. Is it true that French babes don't shave their pits? I, I think that's only in that movie. Like, <laughs> I, I find it highly, like, just even just shaving anything. Human beings just shave stuff. Like, that's period. Correct, End of Quinn. story. I don't know why this technology needs to be like, like bragged about on television. They're very proud of it. Male, female, whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. And next, Mortal Kombat for Sega CD. Mortal Kombat is fucking here, fuckers. Like, it's like something like that. Yeah. And we're back with last week's King's Court, where the King brings out Roddy Piper, who is some skinny teenager that I believe they found when he sent in one of those fucking, why don't you audition to be a co-host of WWF Mania? One of those. Uh, can I, I hate it. I, and I have to ask this question just because it, it needs to be asked, because I think if somebody watches, they would also be confused. Is this Jason Sensation? No. It it's isn't. not Jason Sensation. It looks like him weirdly to me. A little bit, but it's not him. Okay. No, it's not. I'll give him credit. He does a very good Roddy Piper. So he says, like, I'm doing a sequel to Hell Comes to Frogtown. It's called Hell Comes to Dogtown. And then King wants to know what's under the skirt. Ha ha. And he's like, nothing, man. Ha. And then the kid says, I don't want to fight you, Jerry. And he calls the crowd Ohio Airheads. Mm. He then gets on his knees and says he wants to back out of the match. King tells the kid to kiss his royal feet, which he does. This is lame. Yes. No, this yes. is very lame. It's very I don't lame. like it. It's very bad. Mm-hmm. King then makes the kid crawl on his hands and knees out of the ring as the bagpipes are blaring. Ew. Yeah, uh, this, went, this went real well. This sucked. Back to the king of the room here as uh, we're told that Piper's going to be donating his purse money to the Hospital for Sick Children Foundation in Toronto. Very nice. Very nice. We go to break again and sadly a combos commercial is cut out. We come back to Vince and Randy who now talk about how Ted DiBiase brought the Undertaker back? That shit's starting already? Uh, yeah. I didn't think we were at that yet. I think it just I happened. I thought it was after King of the Ring. Right before 94 this. is such a weird year to me. I, I My timeline is always mixed up it with 1994. It's okay, Quinn. Yeah. Really. Because nothing really matters. Nothing really matters. Yeah. <laughs> we now throw to the arena where we get a shot of the throne in the center of the ring. Has a cape and a crown on a stand by it. I do like, Quinn, how it's literally the same throne that they use for Jerry Lawler's well, King's Court. Yeah, well. Literally the same prop. They've had it for years. It's fine. It's in that room that Lord Alfred I'm okay with used it. to get. Yeah, the Lord Alfred room, yeah. Well, your lordship, you think we should get a throne? Oh, I think you're so right, Sean. Mm-hmm. We should put, put the royalty on. Anyway, outside the ring is Ray Rougeau, who is here to introduce Jack Tunney. One of these fuckers will win the King of the Ring tournament. Like, <laughs> this, to me, Joe, I couldn't believe we got a sustained like Jack Tunney introducing things. It's great. It, it's so great. Here he is, the president of the World Wrestling Federation. So, Mr. President welcomes us to the second annual King of the Ring. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to take this opportunity to officially welcome you to this second annual King of the Ring tournament. First of all, that's next week. Second, 
by the way. Mm. The rare, like, Tunny in-person appearance this late. It's, this is insane to me. I, I couldn't... I was, like, in shock. I thought he would just be like, may the best man win, and then just would, like, disappear in Ray. And here he is! Like, but he introduces every single one of these people. He does. Tunny does. Yep. The lights are still off, by the way. <laughs> so Tunny now wants to introduce all eight. <laughs> he starts with IRS... Who says, I hope the taxis realize that I'm going to be your next king of the ring. All boring. Yeah, very clever, too. No interest. Nothing. In this guy. Iris does say, this is kind of funny, he'll make sure everyone pays their fair share, including Tunny. What? Now, Tunny's a Canadian, so he doesn't pay U.S. Right. taxes, but whatever. They have uh, Canadian taxes, though. Yeah, but it's not IRS's jurisdiction. Oh, I see. Next up is Mabel, who comes out alone. All happy. All happy. Very, very happy, Joe. Vince has a very ominous line here. Why not? King Mabel. Sounds good to me. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? King Mabel. Sounds good to me. He was getting ready for next year. Already booking the following year. Mabel joins IRS in the ring, and they're just standing around stupidly. Next up, Tony (laughs) introduces Bam Bam Bigelow. The next fucker is Bam Bam Bigelow. (laughs) (laughs) He also comes out alone. No Luna. Next up is the bad guy. Razor fucking Ramon. And then Razor fakes out Tunny with the handshake. It's funny. I mean, honestly, why not? <laughs> like, he sucks. It's true. Tunny stinks. I know. Best president since Noriega. Yeah. Vince says, you know, the NBA finals are happening, but this is better or whatever. It's not. Uh, that was actually great finals. The Rockets and the Knicks. Oh, yeah. And the OJ chase. And the Knicks messed it all up. Horrible. Very heartbreaking. The OJ chase became more of a highlight than the Knicks. I was expecting as a kid the Knicks to win. So was I. I was like, finally, my, my basketball team is going to win a I championship. Yeah. Anyway, next out is Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Zero reaction, of course. Like, <laughs> like Everyone's like, who is this? Savage calls him the spoiler. And that's certainly one word for him. One, two, three, kid is next. All happy as usual. With the good music. I dig it, and so do the fans. He has the black and red and white color scheme, which means no mullet. It's real. He's right. no, f- mulletless. Fully out of mullet mode. Yeah. Owen is next with very rocket Owen Hart hair. Dumpy and not slick. Yeah, the puffy blonde hair. Yeah, he didn't put the goo in his hair or whatever. (laughs) That's very like rocket, like 93 hair. It almost is like he got out of the shower for this. (laughs) Like he just, I didn't get to slip the stuff in. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And finally, we have Tatanka who walks out instead of running. Medium reaction. Yeah, he's really on the decline, Tatanka. Oh, big time decline. Ever since crumbling to Borga. Anyway. They all, they're all in the ring. It looks like they're all posing for a fucking group photo at the end of some summer camp or something in there. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Vince, by the way, is yelling over everything that Ray Rougeau is saying on the mic. The Baltimore Arena, 8 all o'clock right. Eastern, wow. 5 o'clock Pacific, and I'll head your way on pay-per-view. And uh, my bad, it's the king of the castle on Father's Day. And with that, we fade away. So, Quinn, unless I'm mistaken... Was there um, was there just literally one match on this? Did I miss something? Yeah, that's it. That's all that happened. <laughs> God, they're not even trying. Yeah, I guess this was okay. I mean, it wasn't. I guess. it wasn't good necessarily. At least they're trying to make it seem important. Although I gotta say, Piper Lawler is a piece. <laughs> this is predictable hype stuff. Nothing special. Only one match. Where did they just phone these in at this point? At least they laid out what this year's King of the Ring was, yeah, I guess, yeah. without mentioning a certain somebody, which is kind of frustrating. Yeah, I know. Special guest star. Yeah. Um, this was cheap. Yeah, <laughs> it sucked. It sucked ass. wasn't very good. Yeah. But folks, we do hope that you liked this episode of OVP. Some quick reminders for you before we get out of here. 
Follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Join our Facebook group to vote in the Royal Rankings for next season just to take part in the general discussion about the show. If you don't have a Facebook or Twitter, email us ovppodcast at gmail.com. And remember, if you want King of the Ring coming out this weekend and every prior WWF pay-per-view, give our Patreon a shot if you can. Patreon.com slash ovppodcast. But until next week to kick off December and end the season at 250, I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. And we will see you next week. See ya. Come on, what's under there? Uh, nothing, man. <laughs> Do you know what I'm capable of doing to you? I know exactly what you're capable of doing. And come to think of it, Jerry, I want to back out right now. See, I don't want to fight you. It's all these morons out here that want me to get into the ring with you. All these Ohio airheads. And I don't want to fight you. And please, Jerry, I'm begging you. I'm begging you, please. Don't. Please, I, I want to back out. Get the, Get the hell, hell out of here! here.